0: walking dead
1: a podcast pulverizing episodes beyond the walking dead universe because i'm from texas even though i'm irish that's that's irish (laughs) why is that irish
0: that was that was not irish Irish. that's not irish he doesn't say you know he says the lone star state dave lone star state Ooh la la he didn't even say ooh, ooh la, la, la la. It was oh wrong. He's like, oh, oh, la la. La. oh la la.
1: Oh la la.
0: I was like, that's oh brought gosh. up so many levels. <laughs> sometimes we
1: give you news. Sometimes we pop your stitches. But most times we go deep into your wounds and make you laugh and then pop your stitches. And it's a cycle that keeps repeating. I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Cosmob Zero and I, Rachel Bird, Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner, and Bridget, slash Punky Brewster. That's P U N K Y B R U I S E T R, and Survivor's Tier. Member Takira, you can reach at ko.com slash Connie Dixon, the number four L Y F E. That's Connie Dixon for life. And we're here to talk about the second episode of The Walking Dead <laughs> Daryl Dixon titled, alouette, bleh, bleh, bleh. No, it's oh, just a okay. perfect alouette. spot on. Yeah, I know. I'm like a fluent in French, <laughs> <laughs> in Francais. A fluent. I'm a fluent. <laughs> alouette, 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 anyway, there you go. Fine. Just to prove it. I didn't hate it. In case you have seen the intro music and sequence to our own episode, the music that I remixed for that was from two songs, but mostly this one song from the Canadian band, The Tea Party. And the song is called The Messenger. And with the intro bit, including a little bit from the song, from the same album called Heaven Coming Down. So I thought that was kind of an interesting choice Because I was like, okay, The Messenger, The Messenger, let me use that song. It's a great song. I used to play it on stage all the time. Daryl's The Messenger. And I thought, you know, it's a pretty good song to begin with. In case people want to know where that came from and might want to listen to the song themselves or the songs themselves. The album was called Triptych. And uh, yeah, again, the band is called The Tea Party. We have merch in development. We're going to probably put the logo design at some point between the time we record this episode and the time it actually goes out. So it's going to contain the squawking Dixon logo, the art I'm kind of working on. I kind of want to have, I'm going to say this out loud. And as we go, you guys are going to help me along the way. Probably it's going to be a silhouette of me, you know, like Daryl Dixon has a pike sort of thing in the key art. It's going to say hope is lost. (laughs) And it's just going to be me with like a mic stand with a mic at the end, (laughs) looking out into the distance. (laughs) Like
2: a boom mic.
1: No, like you see the mic that I have here. I it's just be oh, okay. straight on the up. end of
2: a stick. Yeah. yeah at okay. the end of a
1: the stick, there'll be the mic. And then Hope is Lost is me looking out in the distance. It's still a silhouette, though. And it'll be squawking to extent. I love it. And the rest of you are going to mm-hmm. be looking from behind me, like with a question mark over your head. And we're like, <laughs> Hope is Lost.
2: I want this look on my face. Actually, it'll be in French. I, oh, I don't know. So, I don't
1: know what it is. Espoir. Uh, I don't know. I Espoir can't make Perrier. I don't know how to
2: make a French face. <laughs>
3: Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <right. laughs> yes.
2: Like this. Uh-huh. will be in for for example. Sharon will be in a beret.
1: <laughs> I don't know why. Probably. Oh, there we go.
0: You'll be holding okay. a baguette. <laughs> no,
1: you'll be holding a baguette, and Rachel will be like fr- pr- Ferris Pramps above, and then with a question mark.
4: Bridget yeah. will have a baguette in her backpack instead. <laughs> Declaration. Yes,
1: that'll work. That'll work. All right. Wh- perfect. It'll be out when the when the series is over. The season one is done. It's a lot of work.
0: Anyway, any other news that we should be talking about before we continue? Yes, Bridget's news. I have something to share. So you remember how we talked about the drawing from the last episode? Yes. Yes.
1: Talked about, we were basically bullying a child. (laughs) A character, granted.
0: Trigger warning, I'm about to bully a child again. Okay, so. (laughs) Today, I'm in church. God sends me a vision. Because suddenly I remember that Travis, my husband, at one point did draw Jesus being baptized in the river with John the Baptist when he was a child. And so I just want to show you that. To tell you (gasps) that anyone could have drawn this. Yes. And you could just say that it's Daryl, but it's not.
2: (laughs) I'm so excited. Oh, boy. It's Daryl. Oh, my gosh. That's Daryl Dixon.
1: First of all, he's very ripped. Oh, this is John the Baptist. This is John the Baptist baptizing. So, just there's so John people the Baptist, know, there's John Jesus. the Baptist is baptizing a very shiny uh Jesus, <laughs> a very shiny and ripped wrestler Jesus. Well, he was a really river. big comic yes. book
0: fan, you know? So, this is like. <laughs> yeah, you, you got
1: to draw the little squigglies. In the-
0: yeah it's actually
3: pretty I just good you, Oh gosh, it's a good dude, drawing i just dude, wanted travis, you to
1: know travis totally totally demolishes Laurent. okay he hey, demolishes Laurent,
0: Laurent. Laurent is he should stick to math a 12, I'm 12 year old child <laughs> has
3: <laughs>
1: nothing saying. on a 30 something girl. old he man. didn't
0: draw this child oh, she well, said then,
4: that
1: when he was a child then even more props even more props yes yeah.
2: That is amazing.
4: In Laurent's defense. Yeah, please. <laughs> there aren't as many um, drawing materials available for him to use.
2: Listen to
0: this True. Leroy apologist True. over here.
4: Right. <laughs> Leroy apologist.
0: <laughs> uh, I just. He probably had I, to I'm use like kidding. charred I'm not pieces kidding. of wood. I was sitting in church and I thought of this drawing because I was like, that's in my house somewhere. I have to get this.
2: That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is so amazing. I have to be
0: able to show this because it just goes to prove Laurent is just he needs to stick to math, is all I'm saying.
4: <laughs> Laurent's drawing on 12-year-old ruined <clears throat> ancient falling apart paper and that and and Travis had nice fresh paper to draw. On. I don't
3: know. Yeah, just it's like out. no competition. <laughs> <laughs> there, <right>.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> It still doesn't mean either of them is psychic. That's all I'm saying. Your okay. husband's
1: psychic? Maybe.
4: No. Maybe. How
0: did he know that Daryl Dixon would have his own show? That foretold
4: know? the coming of the Daryl Dixon show.
2: Right.
0: He knew then. At twelve or
4: whatever that. Whatever that. I was. don't
3: know when
0: he drew this. He probably wasn't even twelve yet. That's the
4: right baptizing Daryl.
3: That's <laughs> yeah
4: That's the runt making Daryl take a bath. <laughs> It's the future
0: Oh
1: my god Now we're we're beating on Travis I
0: know (laughs) I know And he's such a good sport He went and got it for me when I was like Wait (laughs) Do you have this? I need to
1: use this as a prop to beat on a child's drawing
0: (laughs) I need to make a child (laughs) Please get this for me Shit you
1: gotta do now in church next week okay so listen i have a confession to make oh, that's catholic it was some
4: production assistant that actually drew that
1: <laughs> that is worse yeah i would agree i think i need another vicodin <laughs> but wait what if you found out that it was sigliuski uh, uh, sigliuski Sig- i can't say his last name i was in my head Sigliusy.
0: he could that's, have drawn it and then i feel really bad because you know they let kaylee fleming do the painting of Daryl's best so he could have actually been the one to draw it. and if that's the case I'm so sorry I'm so sorry sorry. kiddo I'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) but like Daryl did make fun of you first
3: (laughs) we used to pick (laughs) up kids like that he's a
0: jerk I'm just playing
2: off of it it's fine (laughs) yeah great we're just dogpiling
1: <laughs> so anyway we're here to talk about the second episode <laughs> where we get to really move on from this point of the walking dead daryl dixon called the Elowet. yes we said that already but then stuff got in the way let's move on to first impressions and of course we have to start with survivors to remember takira
5: so first i'm just gonna say that i'm telling my doctor on all of
1: you, all of you. <laughs> oh we should mention because they don't know takira uh, had some <laughs> surgery and has some stitches and she really should not be laughing right now but that's I told it's her. She's just specifically, not stopping her. She's we promise her anything.
5: This episode, while not much moved forward storyline wise, had so much going on. A walker had a baby.
0: <laughs> There's just no words. After
5: what in that. the 2004
0: mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead is this?
3: <laughs> For real.
5: But also, Isabel... And Laurent and Sylvie's backstory just
1: really hit me in the feels. Oh, Walker had a baby. <laughs> Walker, baby. This by the, this is the Last of Us vibes that people are talking about. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big this is, time. This is the specific detail, which it's like yeah. you could tell that's how it happened, even in the first episode.
4: The guy shooting out of the tower was also very Last of Us, because that is exactly what happened in The Last of Us.
1: In the... F- third episode, fourth episode. And I think so,
0: third or fourth.
4: I think it was the fourth, fourth one when they fourth. were in uh, Kansas so City.
0: Sam, yeah, might yeah. have been
1: the fifth actually.
4: Yeah, because anyway, yeah, was exactly part. the same thing that happened. There was a guy shooting from a tower at them, and Joel slash Daryl snuck into mm-hmm. the tower and took out the guy that was shooting at him.
1: Although the RJ Gaines in this episode, which sounds a lot like RJ Grimes. Grimes I don't know, grimes right? was not did, very right? silent like in the television show it's very very lo- loquacious as they say
4: i really mm-hmm. enjoyed this one i watched it twice in really quick succession so i could get some notes and stuff but i love the cinematography some of the shots were unbelievable i know bridget you said last week about people comparing it to the last of us but it's really hard not to i got some like lost boys vibes with the little kids you know like from hook which is Funny since Robin Williams mm. oh, was uh-huh. in this oh. episode. Technically,
1: <laughs> I thought yeah. you meant the so, vampire um, movie. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. That's a good tie.
2: <laughs> I, I didn't know. Uh, okay. I was waiting for the yeah. kids to start shouting Rufio. <laughs> Rufio, right?
3: <laughs> 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 oh, I mean,
4: <laughs> right? They
1: yeah. they howled in the in the movie, right? Yeah.
4: I'm even liking Daryl. Believe it or not, so he's funny. Like drinking the soup, <laughs> just picking up the <laughs> soup bowl and drinking it. That was so funny.
1: And it's not even enough that he did that. It's like, oh, it's good soup.
5: Yeah. (laughs) I thought he said something else at first. I thought he said, oh, that's some good shit. Yeah.
2: Me too.
4: (laughs) I really enjoyed seeing the beginning of the apocalypse part. Like, that was a lot of fun. Seeing it from Isabelle's perspective was was really interesting.
2: Even though we know Daryl, this is a new series. And I expected the first at least the first couple to few episodes to really focus on the other characters character development is important, especially if the, they want us to feel something for these people. So I guess I, I was prepared for not a whole lot of forward movement in the first couple of episodes, and I'm really okay with it. Honestly, I, I know usually I'm like, Ugh, it's not going anywhere. This is boring. But True. I understand. True facts. I, under, I I know, I know. But I do understand how important it is for us to develop feelings for these other characters. And I think they're doing a really good job of that. We're taking baby steps forward while filling in all these gaps about who are these people and why should we care about them?
4: It's super interesting to see how things happened elsewhere. Things happened yeah. in other parts of the U.S., but it's very interesting to see how it developed in in France, you know, in Paris. Maybe that's why while it's not moving forward super fast, it's interesting enough to us to keep us going interested in it.
2: I was wondering while we were watching the fall of France, where did that fall in relation to what was happening in in the United States? Is this a few months later? Is this before the U.S.? Is this happening at the same time? I just wonder, because like you would think if it were a significant of time afterwards, France would have been like reporting on it, right? While they still had the the power of media. People are eating each other in America. They're so crazy. Like what did they run out of potatoes or something? Potatoes. Obviously, Or corn, Obviously, because- Isabel didn't know what was going on. i might rush. I go to potatoes. Obviously, Isabel didn't know what was going on because the shock on her face and everything. And everyone in zombie movies and zombie shows have never seen a zombie movie or TV show. <laughs> and they're like, what is this craziness? <laughs> Except for like
1: the one person, maybe, that everybody seems to love whom I just can't. And it's because people love him that I can't stand him, is Tobias yes Perhaps i love tobias it seems like he knew something and that something is definitely zombie
4: movies speaking of fear i like that fear and this one kind of both started with this is the second episode but what i mean is showing us the beginning fear we had nick waking up in the drug house and in this one we have isabel who is partying at Mm -hmm. a rave. we have both people kind of in drug-fueled states trying to figure out what in the world Is going on, which makes it even a little bit crazier, especially seeing it through her perspective. I like the way they kind of swung the shots around, like you were just as disoriented as she was, even though, as the audience, we of course know what's going on. And yeah. I noticed that like when they did the party scenes and they'd cut the volume in and out. Remember in the world beyond when they were showing the dream sequence with Huck at the start, she's with the, her army guy, boyfriend, and there's a bar, it's a bar. They're all drinking and stuff. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like the audio goes in and out and all the lights are flashing and stuff. It kind of gave me that vibe. They're trying to put you into that disoriented out of it state. So you mm-hmm. feel just as lost as they do.
1: Right. Well, and the best part about that sequence, just to give it a little bit more breadth, is what you were saying about seeing it from her point of view. You could tell by the audio in your ears as you listen that there's stuff going on behind her. You can hear cars crashing and wheels screeching and zombies making noise. The first indication of there being anything is just as she's stepping out of the club. You're already starting to hear a commotion in the club,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and maybe some growling, but I think mostly it's the commotion, like and then things getting knocked over, and you don't <laughs> hear the music anymore. That's that's what they say. And French commotion, yeah, French French commotion. That's our new band name. Good thing she left when she did. You'll notice that. She had been pickpocketing all the men that she's been meeting all night mm-hmm. with the watches. Mm-hmm. And oh, that, and was,
2: yeah, very, was, that was, was very that was very heavily in, insinuated. Time. Oh, I did. Immediately. I, I Immediately did Immediately I knew what she was doing. One of the things that came to me while I
4: was watching it the second time is much like John Dory, the apocalypse saved her because she obviously was not in a good place. You could see the scars mm-hmm. where she'd cut herself. Yes, she was partying, but it was not a happy, I'm enjoying. This party, what you I'm could tell that she was very unhappy with what she was doing and in a mm-hmm. bad place. And with the onset of the apocalypse, now she's got a purpose and something to live for. Whereas in the real world, she didn't. She was just existing and doing what she had to. Which she's still doing what she mm-hmm. has to, but it's in, at least in her heart and mind, to a service of a greater, I not want to say a greater power, because purpose. obviously she's not really a nun. But for a greater purpose, which is maybe to make up for what she did in the previous life, which was stealing and fucking people over. And now she has a chance to make that up. The apocalypse gave her what she could never have had in the real world. A
1: second chance. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to say this now before we go on, move on to Bridget. You just gave me a piece that I was like thinking why. We might find out what led her to cutting herself, aka or trying to slit her wrist. Fine. But... In the first episode, she mentions that her parents were in Médecins Sans Frontier which is uh, Doctors Without Borders, mm-hmm. and they had to move around a lot. And then they settled in France, but they stayed in France is going to be my assumption. And she's obviously taking care of Lily. I think that at some point her parents might have passed, and she was left holding the bag with Lily and raising her as her own. In a sense, I mean it's just, it's her sister, but mm-hmm. raising a child. And isn't it ironic that now she has to. Th- start from scratch and raise this other child. There's a feeling there. Well, first of all, in the beginning, she says the plans have changed. They weren't going to go d- take that route that Père Jean laid out and said the plan has changed. And I was wondering about that. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And her plans must have changed as well. With her parents, Let's. I'm going to go on the assumption until it's been revealed later on that her parents died and that she had to take care of Lily. But then now, then now again, she has to take care of this other, this other child, her child, and raise him up. And Daryl, his purpose was to get home. But of course, along the way, he's meeting all these people and he can't pretend like they don't exist or shove them aside to get what he wants in order to move on. His plans have changed, too. And she says to Laurent, you're special. Adults lie to you and they get away with it. But Isabel also never wanted to be special. I don't think she ever wanted to be have to be Lily's parent. And now she definitely didn't want to have to be Laurent's parent as well. I don't think she ever, just like Daryl in a sense, never got a chance to be a kid. And so she couldn't help but act out later on in life, going to parties and stealing to maybe have to make ends meet, let's say, and then having to raise Lily. And then now again, she's having to sacrifice herself for this other child. So it's a very interesting thing I'm just noticing right now uh, because you said it.
4: As far as her having to make ends meet, that was a really fucking nice apartment for someone who's just trying to make ends meet.
1: I I imagine that she felt like she had to keep Mm -hmm. it up, too. Not in the middle of Paris, but it seemed a little bit outside of Paris, or like outside the city center. Bridget, what did you think of this episode? (laughs) See, I I knew we'd get to it. One eternity later. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be in the video.
0: (laughs) Um, I thought it was a great follow-up episode to the first one. I think sometimes we can kind of slow down on the second one and and not keep up the story as much. So yes, we didn't get a ton of forward movement, but a lot was unveiled in this episode. And so I think that makes you feel like the story's moving forward, even though they haven't really moved forward that much.
1: That's basically the show. Not a lot of things happen to our actual characters and physical movement but mm-hmm. a lot happens behind the scenes mm-hmm. a lot of factoids that we should probably not bring up if we want Rachel Rachel <laughs> to make it to work on time and but I'm really kind of going to go off what I said at the end of the last episode which was this is basically this episode was the reason why I came to the conclusion that the series does give a little bit more breathing room for characters to grow and tell a story in inarguably a short amount of time probably and we're the second episode in of six episodes, and even though our characters aren't moving as quickly as they did in Dead City, I still feel like they're telling a story, and they're not dawdling. But at the same time, things are happening, emotions are developing, people's personalities are being revealed. You know, we don't have to th- reveal everything at once. And Dead City did a good job of that too, even through all the chaos. But I feel like I'm a little bit more calm and less panicked, and then less anxious about what other devastating thing is going to be revealed in the next episode. So I like that very much about the series. So the interesting thing about the pre-fall is that it does tie into the greater episode, as those sequences tend to do, hopefully, is that they give greater context to what's happening in the present, which is why I thought of what, what I thought of with regards to Lily and her parents and having to t- take care of yet another child you know, having to keep that promise. One of the more interesting takeaways, because it didn't have to be in the scene, But of course, it has to be in the scene because it has to tie to the present, is bumping into Amy Amy, in the street, the kid, and Isabel telling her to stay in her apartment to wait for her parents to come back. The end result is all these children, all these tribes' children, that's their story too. They were told to stay in the school until their parents came to pick them up, but they never came to pick them up. And other kids were dropped off in baskets in front of their place over time. Other kids were lost in the woods. And I mentioned this in our Discord while we were watching it. I said that on second watch when you're taking notes, the scene moves fairly quickly. But when you're taking your time and reading this, I was like getting emotional just thinking about how many of these experiences might have happened in a fictional world. (laughs) Let's just say that so I don't get too emotional, but (laughs) tying it back to Aimee. I thought that was just a very interesting thing to put in there to anchor it to the present.
5: I was very upset about
4: being shown, Amy.
5: Are you it's trying to thing. just torture us with this little girl that we have absolutely no idea what happened to her?
4: That might be one of the reasons that Isabel doesn't want to go back to, through Paris because she doesn't want to go back and see what she left behind and the people that she left behind.
1: That's what I was mm-hmm. thinking too. I mean, even if it was just this little kid. I was also thinking, and I don't know if you guys thought the same. Throughout the episode, her name is only mentioned, I think, once, at least as far as I could tell. But the leader of those kids, her name ends up I end up learning her name is Lou. Like, oh, I'm gonna take you back to Lou, he says to the American mm-hmm. RJ Gaines, to decide what to do with you. you shit ass. And I was like, Oh, but you know what? Like in my head, I said, like, what if this girl Lou was A You know, mm-hmm. like in my head, I'm like, maybe. I don't, I don't know. But do, do you guys think somewhat the same? No. Why?
2: What, what reason would she have to change her name?
4: And they're really far away from where they started. Yeah. For sure, for sure. When she said some of the older kids were dropped off and they stayed, she was one of the older kids that was there. Mm-hmm. And So she's like 18 now, maybe. She was six when she was dropped off, so she's 17 or 18. How would Amy have gotten all the way to the school? And, yeah. and I, it just doesn't make sense.
0: It's a preschool. So preschool age children... At least in the United States, I don't know how it is in other countries, obviously. But three years old is like the earliest that you can attend what's defined as preschool. And it goes until kindergarten. So it's anywhere from five, really six is pushing it. Mm -hmm. Four to five is really like pre-K.
4: Right. So this this kid's 17 or 18. Yeah,
0: they're like 18. Yeah. Max 19, these kids who were like originally there. Mm -hmm. And Amy seemed a little bit older than that, actually. She seemed closer like seven or eight, I figured. Well, that's that's why my brain went there. Well, I'm
4: just cause... saying it's, it's improbable, because she's, she's 200 miles away. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> just on top of that, there's also there. an
2: age discrepancy. <laughs> and I don't think she would have any cause to change her name at all. Why would she go by a different name? It
1: was a dumb thought I was, as I was listening, <laughs> and because you don't really get to learn her name until the end. So you're watching, and you, you I didn't hear her name.
2: They say it early I, mean, on. I think maybe she's a good representation. Of what Amy could, right. could have been. Maybe she reminds Isabel of her, but to be the same person, I don't. I no, don't, no. I I, don't I, I never so. really
1: thought that, but I'm like, but what if? Yeah,
0: maybe. <laughs> well, anyway. She represents the hope mm-hmm. that Isabel has for the children. She left Amy, so she may feel some sort of remorse or responsibility for that. These That's children the represent yeah. the hope of like, maybe she's okay. Maybe she was yeah. able to like eke out a living somehow. Stories we tell yeah. ourselves. Amy is one
5: of the two characters that I have written down that in the back of my mind, I'm wondering, will
4: Isabel see again?
2: Right. Okay. And will she recognize her? Because she'll look different.
4: Right. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Very. (laughs) But Isabel won't. Isabel looks the same. Right. For the most part.
1: You know, there is a walker in one. I I remember pausing at one point, either at the end of the last episode or maybe even the trailer. It might've been the trailer. Amy had a particular hairstyle, like this kind of... um, Like almost Princess Leia like plait that kind of went across the back of her head. And one of the walkers had that hairstyle. And I'm like, no, I don't like this. (laughs) But she was older. I I don't know. But the walker looked older. I I don't know. I was like, but maybe also that maybe could have happened.
4: Anyway. The subway scene. Yeah. They shot that. Number one, it reminded me of Acheron part two when Daryl was going through the subway cars. But the Mm -hmm. way they shot it as it was going by and you could just see the action going on Mm -hmm. again, it it just led to that disorienting feeling. But at the same time, like we know what's going on, you know, but I loved how they shot that. That was probably my favorite scene. Just just that little bit, just because of the way they shot it. And the first time I watched it, it was shocking. Like I was like, holy shit.
5: The train scene was so quick, but it's my favorite.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it, yeah. it was the it was the scene that made me go, "Holy shit!" Like out of everything that happened,
0: <laughs> y'all need to watch Train to Busan. Apparently,
4: yeah, yeah, right, absolutely. Oh, that's the a good cinematography one. A good one. as always. Same vibe is is just fucking stellar on this show.
1: There's two things I want to say. That one. You mentioned Train to Busan, which is going to be on Shudder, I think it is. I saw a commercial for it. Oh, so. okay.
0: If you have AMC Plus through Amazon, Shudder is included in your package. Mm-hmm. So, Yep, yep. AMC Plus has Shudder and
1: BBC America. Oh, BBC yeah. America. And I think IFC, right? hmm
0: That Anyways, one
3: too.
1: So second thing is, this is maybe the answer that people wanted to why they didn't like Fear the Walking Dead. They felt like they were owed a little bit more of what happened during the fall and they didn't get what they wanted. And this... May have been one of those things that kind of gave a little bit more to people who were hungry for war about what could have happened. I I, I mean, you I mean, tell me though. To some be people, fair, they got a whole season of
0: the fall. I get what everybody's saying. You're not getting as much of the action that you wanted, but that's because it is also a television show. You're not just watching 30-minute increments of the fall of man during the zombie right. apocalypse. Like that doesn't make any sense. If you want that create that, I guess, yourself, because that doesn't exist anywhere else where you're just going to get that. You're not going to feel any connection. The reason that zombie media connects so well with its audience is because you feel a connection to the characters Or in the sense of disparity and finding yourself after a horrible tragedy or getting to do what you really want to do or getting to be the person that you're meant to be. That all happens because you connect with characters or you connect with this idea. It's not about what happens at the beginning. Yes, that part is super cool. This was my favorite part of this episode was this beginning because it was like horror and it was awesome so put that yeah. aside this was my favorite part this to- is my favorite part <laughs> right. but you can't just have that i just right, I, right. I get what people were saying but you got a whole season of it
1: rachel weren't you one of the bigger pro- pro- proponents of of wanting to see more from the fall i think it was
2: yes okay. yeah Yep. Yeah. i like i like seeing the beginning stages but but i also agree with bridget we can't yeah. it can't just be that we need to move from that i like how they just sort of squeezed this into the episode. It wasn't the whole episode, but I do really enjoy seeing people's different reactions to what's happening and how they respond to it, how their brain like comprehends what's going on and like, attempts to, How right? do they, how, yeah, like in the midst of all this chaos, how do they get to a place where they're safe so that we know they have survived to this future point that we're seeing them at now, you know, springboarding off of that point,
1: seeing the reactions for the first time, one thing that you get to see is Lily has thus far had thus far until they saw the paramedics had been shielded from all this chaos. And it wasn't
2: until that moment where she's like, "What was that? Oh, one of them bit me." Mm-hmm. That you realize, "Oh, mm-hmm. oh, she doesn't know." They don't know at that point what the bites do either. And I had to tell myself that out loud. I'm thinking like, "Oh my gosh, killer, right? But they don't know that. They mm-hmm. don't know what these bites do yet." Well, Isabel
1: might <laughs> because when she's in the square or at least the uh, roundabout where mm-hmm. she first observes the mm-hmm. stall, newspaper stall yeah. guy yeah, yeah, yeah. gets yeah. hit by a car. She realizes one, she finds out that the dead will come back. She looks behind her. This is this happens all at once. And again, from her perspective, to Sharon D's point, this is all happening from her perspective. While you're hearing all the chaos in your ears behind her, she turns finally to see somebody being bit in the neck. And of course, mm-hmm. I don't think she sees that person turning,
3: Mm-mm. but I think yeah, she can
1: make a good educated that. guess
2: that that's what happens. I'm okay with her figuring that out. It it might just be a theory, but at this point, it's like, you've never seen dead people come back to life either. So anything's possible, Well, that's not
1: my bigger point. My bigger point, though, is it ties well with the present scenes because Laurent is finding out lately that some of the stuff that she's been telling him about him, about her father, let's say, is the plot for the the Count of Monte Cristo, Mm. right? So she's finding out Mm. that the lack of knowledge, lack of the truth may end up harming him, just like it harmed Lily not knowing which is always the truth that's there's a little true, bit yeah. of a tie
4: after lily dies they don't know how to put her down correct oh, yeah <laughs> they don't because right. this is still right. in the beginning what if she is the precursor to paris on what if something happened with lily and it made them think that they could bring paris on back and that's why they didn't put him down and that's why they were believing that mm-hmm. he could keep going maybe it's something to do with laurent i don't want to say they were able to bring her back or anything like that but maybe they were able to like stabilize her as a walker or something you know and that's using laurent and that's why they figured they could do it with Perjan too
1: so you're saying they might have kept walker lily around a little while or Perjan, right. or
4: because they don't know yet the headshot is what you have to right right they don't know that it, mm-hmm. you have to stab them in the head or whatever because i think they've been pretty secluded too like the nuns i don't think they've had to deal with any any of the dead yet you right because they're still in their in the abbey right. like people just haven't shown up to get their kids and stuff like i don't think they've had to deal with it yet so they would have no idea so as religious people maybe they figured that if they kept her she would get better like herschel thought you having laurent maybe laurent cut his hand and put i don't know i mean i don't know that mm. would be so far-fetched but maybe they thought that they could stabilize her or bring her back maybe something happened to make them think that mm. and okay. so they thought they could do the same with pair
2: for like a second after Laurent is born, before we see Isabel carrying him away, we do see Perjan praying. He like holds, you know, the cross up to Lily and he's like praying for her and like... I really should have paid attention more, but it sounded like an exorcism or think, it looked okay, like an I'm exorcism. Glad, I'm glad you said it because be I didn't That would be your only want,
0: correlation but, but Yeah, because that's what I was
2: thinking. Yeah. If
0: zombies don't exist, like zon- zombie media doesn't exist yeah. in this, your only context is like, is this a demon? Because mm-hmm. what else yes. would it be that's to That's what you? I was thinking.
1: Yep. And then, of course, Père Jean does not pass in these moments, because Laurent does learn things from him later on in life. So he, yes. he sticks around. So my mind, for a second, thought, oh, what if this is where he gets it, right? But
2: no, he, he was around for a little mm. while. They could have kept Lily around, too, praying for her, trying to do exorcism. Maybe they tried to, like Charity said, they tried to bring her back. We know that that's not going to work, because it's not a demon possessing her body. It's the virus. but. Maybe they did keep her around for a while and Perjean was doing routine exorcisms oh. with her. And then one time, you know, he got too close and she got him. Mm-hmm. That makes it sadder <laughs> a little bit. Right.
5: It took until Sharon D started talking for my brain to even, I don't even know. I can't even yell actually, cause it hurts, but I was like yelling it's at the dunk. screen <laughs> Because like I'm, no. I'm like kill her, kill her, kill her. But it's not registering that they don't know, they don't know, they don't understand. Right. And then I'm like, oh my god, how long did they leave her like that?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So I like that, charity.' So it's, a, it's a pretty yeah. good find. Yeah. Which is yeah. why they leave Perjean, and they believe that going off of our last episode, they believe probably that this is more of a mm. spiritual illness of some kind. That has to be purged. And mm. that he, it, he somehow let it in. And that's how that happened. Right. No, I think they do believe in the physical stuff too. That You, know, you get bit, you turn. I, I think they believe, in all, they believe in both things. Because they obviously have to grow plants, make medicine, all that stuff. They know science exists. Mm-hmm. We're not going to pretend like they don't. But I think they believe okay. that the virus, let's say, we'll call it that, is, yeah. is of a more spiritual nature, let's say.
2: Can I get nitpicky for just a minute here and then we can move on from my nitpickiness?
1: <laughs> Always.
2: I think timeline we know Lily is roughly seven months pregnant. She gets bit, which we know at the most she has a few days to survive. So Laurent is born before he's full term. Yep. It's Why do you baby, look like a six
0: it? month old?
2: I don't know. That yeah. was the miracle, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rachel. That was the miracle. <laughs> is that this baby looks fully. That baby healthy. was. That baby was not full term. The baby that that we saw was clearly full term. A baby in real life who's born prematurely would need so much care, prenatal yeah. care, so much care in those next few months. Do we want to chalk it up to a miracle? Sure, I'm okay with that. I can swallow that.
4: <laughs> the whole theme of the episode is lies. So maybe Lily lied to her about the dates too. She was very secretive about the father. I was thinking yeah. maybe she didn't want to say a time period because it was someone that if she said, Oh I'm, yeah. Nine, I eight, felt like eight, it was eight months, you know. Isabel's
0: boyfriend. That's what I was thinking. Yeah.
2: Too. I, I definitely well, got that impression right. too.
4: Hence the, yeah. the
1: bigger reason why she wanted to leave him behind. Yeah. yeah. He did, I sorry. would
2: agree with that except that her physical Appearance would also suggest approximately. I can see that too, but
4: (laughs) if she's been trying to hide it this whole time. Very well, I might add. (laughs) She obviously hasn't been going to get prenatal care because she's sick before she gets bitten. So Mm -hmm. that could be part of the reason why she's having a hard time is because she's like tried to keep it hidden and like not eating as much as she should or whatever so that she didn't get that big. One,
5: being in a neighborhood where teen pregnancy is rampant. I have seen pregnancies be hidden for the full nine months and no one know that that person was pregnant just because they want it hidden and they hide it. Number two, she told her that she was lying to her for seven months. In my mind, I automatically said women don't find out on day one that they're pregnant. True. Very
1: true.
5: So there's a little (laughs) bit of leeway there with the seven months.
2: Okay. Mm
5: -hmm. So I was like, I'm thinking maybe seven and a half, eight months.
2: I would agree. She could have been closer to eight months. Some of you know, some might not know. I didn't know that I was pregnant with Silas <laughs> uh-huh. until I was seven and a half months. Silas is a pregnant. miracle child. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I was seven and a half months pregnant before I knew. Oh, you didn't even there know was until was seven in there. and a half months? Yep. Whoa. Wow. I did not know. What a warrior. She's like, I'm sick I mean, all that's the time. Whole, What's happening? Yeah. Well, no, I wasn't. That's the thing. I I did not have typical symptoms at all. Not at all. You can even hide it from yourself. (laughs) My cousin is another good example. She also had a hidden pregnancy for many, many months and she delivered without any of us knowing. I'm not putting my cousin down here at all, but she's, you know, she's not a small girl, you know, she's Uh. got a little, she's, Uh, of a healthy size. So it was, I feel like it was a little bit easier maybe for her to hide it. um, You know, but we did, but we, you know, she would wear very overly baggy clothing. She Mm -hmm. would wear hoodies. She did take that extra step to, to mask it. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I still stand firm that Laurent was premature. Oh yeah. I I don't believe he was full
1: term. You can even go further than that. The baby that is delivered is teeny ish. No, that was very normal very normal size but she carries him from the delivery room into the <laughs> hall of saints and it's a yeah. different baby altogether for
2: sure yes yes it well, is
4: well you know kids kids grow faster in the apocalypse right i mean Th- there's our this is true we know, okay. we know that too we know that that's true he went from <laughs> he went from newborn to seven months in like six steps just down the water wa- just
2: yeah. Yeah. And he's a miracle. In her arms. Yeah. He's just growing bigger. And by the time she got to the far end of the hall, he was three years old already. Long has progeria. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Robin Williams
2: all over again. What was that movie
1: yeah. again? Big. Jack. Or, Jack. I mean, um, Jack. 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 Yeah. Anyway. So it's going to be a Robin Williams thing Episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Robin Williams. I know. <laughs> I had a friend who got married right out of high school. Nothing insidious about it. She found the person she wanted to be with. Boom and got pregnant right away. So I was in college first year, visiting her in the hospital for an illness and stuff like that, but she later on she got pregnant, so I'm visiting her in the hospital again. She, up to the moment she gave birth, was skinny, as not skinny as a rail, not sickly skinny, but she was losing weight during her pregnancy. And you could barely Mm. tell that she was pregnant in the ninth month, up until the time she gave birth. She looked amazing. And until then, I'd never seen, even after that, I'd never seen anything like that ever again. Now, there are hormones that are produced in pregnancy that will maintain a woman's body weight because those hormones are designed to dump most of the nutrients out, usually into the umbilical cord. Tell us all about the woman anatomy, please. (laughs) I was going to name the chemical, but it escapes me right now. The, The hormone that allows you to do that. But it's interesting because people will take that hormone to lose weight. So it's, it makes sense, and maybe something was happening with her that made her look up until the yeah, point that yeah. we even saw the glimmer of it that she was pregnant.
4: Look, number one, her sister is obviously living a drug-fueled party girl lifestyle, and so her sister's not going to be particularly noticeable and things like that. She's coked up all the time. She's not really paying attention. Yeah. Number two, who's saying that her sister was not in on that party lifestyle with her? She could have been out there doing drugs and partying and all that stuff. And that is also why she could have been sick and had the baby early. Mm -hmm. And also why it wouldn't be noticeable because she's been out partying.
5: I had hyperemesis gravidarum. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I had that with all four of my pregnancies and lost a good 25 to 30 pounds before gaining any weight. You vomit. For nine months and can't keep food down and have to get mm-hmm. um, IVs and you're high risk for the whole
1: time.
0: It's considered yeah. extreme mm-hmm. morning sickness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. So
1: you can't keep anything down. You're losing fluids because uh, of the vomiting. Oof. Oh. Wow. Nice.
5: For like seven months, people didn't know I was pregnant either.
1: Oof. Yeah. Wow.
0: Can I just say that yours truly had PTSD flashbacks from Party Girl Isabel. Ooh. <laughs> Yours truly.
1: (laughs) I was not a thief, but. During that time, did you ever say, sorry, (laughs) boys?
0: (laughs) No, that came (laughs) later in (laughs) life. Sorry,
1: girls.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did did say sorry, sorry, girls. girls. I did say sorry,
4: girls. (laughs) Did you notice the Toulouse LaTrec poster on the side of the newsstand where the guy had crashed when she came out of the subway and the guy was crashed into the newsstand or whatever? Toulouse-Lautrec was a no, famous painter in the early 1800s. He did the posters for like the Moulin Rouge. Very noticeable, recognizable work.
1: Oh. Illustrator, right? Isn't he? Or was he a painter?
4: Yeah, illustrator. He was a painter, illustrator, okay. artist. He did all kinds of stuff. Yeah. He broke his legs when he was young. Both he broke one at 13 and one at 14. And because of this disease he had, which the name I cannot remember, it's called the Toulouse-Lautrec Syndrome. If you want to look it up, but um, it basically made it so that his legs didn't heal properly, and they never grew after that. So he had oh, wow. child 14 15 year old size legs, but the rest of his body grew proportionately to his to his age, and it made him oh. walk funny. So I'm thinking, like maybe he kind of walks like a walker, you know, because he didn't have the right size legs or anything. But anyway, oh, it was wow. just an interesting little detail on the side of the newsstand.
1: Carrying the baby into the hall of the Saints, let's say. She happens to find St. Laurent, which is St. Lawrence. St. Lawrence existed in 2025 AD and 2058 AD. He was one of the seven deacons of Rome under Pope Sixtus II, who was martyred in the name of Christianity. His parents happened to be martyrs as well. So that theme tracks a little bit, too, in a a weird way. Emperor Valerian, (laughs) not Valerian, but Valerian, (laughs) uh, (laughs) issued an edict that all bishop, priests, and deacons should immediately be put to death so the riches would be confiscated by the imperial treasury. Saint Laurent was the treasure for the church, and he was gathered three days to gather up the remainder of the church's wealth after murdering Sixtus in a liturgy that he was performing in a cemetery. So he basically murked all the deacons hence Pope Sixtus, Emperor Valerian. And after distributing the remainder of the wealth to the rest of the church, uh, the hierarchy of the church, he returned to Emperor Valerian with the city's indigent, blind, crippled, and suffering, and declared that these were the church's true treasures. And of course, was martyred right afterwards, (laughs) of course. But there's something interesting about that. And in relation to this episode, which is why it was interesting to reveal the name and where, where, she, where Isabel got it from to, in this episode is because what if not these children are a representation of that, but in relation specifically to Daryl? Because in this episode, Daryl's concern still by the beginning was getting to the radio so that he can go home. And Isabel's like, so you can get home. Even after experiencing all this with the kids, because you could see it in his face when he's watching the Mork and Mindy television show, and we'll get to that. In a second, he's enjoying himself. He's laughing. He's like, "Oh my god!" He literally says, "As Norman Reedus, not Daryl Dixon." Oh my god, (laughs) because it's not it's not Daryl Dixon. That's Norman Reedus.
0: (laughs) He said, "What?" That's what what it is. That's the he starts laughing. He's like, "What?" I was like, "That's That's, not Daryl. (laughs)
1: That's that's Norman Reedus." So he's sitting there. He's smiling, and and kind of like when you see Morgan smile on the Ferris wheel when he's with grace in the fifth season that smile all of a sudden relaxes and carousel. actually gets did i say carousel did i not say carousel oh, ferris, said wheel. ferris wheel okay listen we're going to nitpick on this ferris that's, a re- <laughs> that's, that's a regional thing that's a regional wait no the ferris wheel is the big one right that's, that's goes a regional this way. thing
0: it's a merry-go-round we used to go merry-go-round
1: that's right you're right yeah. that's what we used to call it anyway so moving along it's the same effect daryl is having so much fun with these kids he's enjoying himself so then he realizes Oh, I'm getting stuck here with the, in this journey. I'm losing sight of the prize. I was wondering myself why his face relaxes, because you know that's the case. Because in the bed with I- Isabel, which wink, wink, wink. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs>
4: he goes,
3: well, she goes. I mean,
1: so
4: she's you can not get, a nun, so it's <laughs> all he's got to do is throw a fish at her, and it's all over with. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> the game is afoot.
0: <laughs> well, we don't know. We don't know how vow she made. After yeah, she I feel like she him, is a
5: nun.
4: <laughs> she, she she put her fingers behind her back just because just
1: crossed her fingers.
4: Anyway, so <laughs> Teach a nun <none> to fish. Teach
1: a nun to le poisson. And anyway, he's concerned because he wants to get to the radio, so you can go back home and she goes he goes, Yeah what a, what else is there a lot of everybody all why these did kids she about- sound
0: like an angry girlfriend at that point yeah though. i was like you need to calm right? down you don't even know this dude like why are you so upset what's so you can go back home it was like what so you can talk yeah. to your friends right <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> so there's a
1: whole swirl of things that led me to the idea that she was the one that maybe had to raise lily and again now has to raise law and her partying is obviously her acting out and her being maybe even resentful for having to do so for so long. And then the apocalypse happens <laughs> hey, and all of a sudden man. she's released from that. She's released from that in a sense too. For all these responsibilities, she's released from it, but now she's not released from it. She has to take care of the wrong. So in a way, when she sees Daryl going, how is it that you can ignore these responsibilities or these feelings of being in some way spiritually responsible for these children? After being with them and feeding you. and
0: I don't think that look was about the kids. I didn't know what it was at first. That look and then- is about Merle. Yeah. That's about so, remembering. Okay. That's like that overwhelming sadness that overcomes you when you remember the things that you've been through, the people that you've lost. And you're still losing people because you can't get back home. Mm-hmm.
3: And that's all you want. Maybe, right. Because you've
0: right. got family now again. After all those years of feeling like you were never going to find Family again. You did find family. You have another brother.
1: Which is why he doubles down.
0: I'm so glad he's mentioned Merle so many times in this. It's in that episode 10C episode where he meets Leah and he says his brother, but he's not talking about Merle. He's talking about Rick. While I did love that, that. it did make me sad that we just like brush past Merle. I like that we brought this back. He's been thinking on, on Merle and that relationship and what he went through as a child.
4: Yeah, And remembering Merle made it easier for him to comfort the boy move who lost his brother the boy whose brother was the walker in the pit and right after he took mm-hmm. care of that Julian. he went and patted that kid on the shoulder and, and then also made it easier for him to comfort lauren great yeah he just met these kids but he considered him his friends and probably his brothers because he's never been around other kids
5: i wanted to go back a little bit to Isabel's attitude with daryl and the decisions that he's trying to make and then she's like the well she's kind of coming at him like basically he doesn't know what to do with a kid i know she asked does he have kids and he says no but i really wanted him to say yes in that moment because bro you have had kids uh, yeah. for years now they might not be your, your kids but they're thing. your kids and he literally yeah. called them his kids in the later episodes of season 11. that bugged me a little bit for some reason shandy touched on one more thing that i kind of wrote down is just when he took out the boy's brother in the pit i wrote he might as well had 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 said sorry brother right before he shot him mm-hmm. that was the mm-hmm. feeling that i got in that scene in that pat of, yeah, of yeah.
3: well
0: <laughs> lou lou is the one who shot him though no oh, no it was it was daryl
2: no no daryl did, did. yeah and, and then lou it. never he, lou never released she, she never, never released? released the arrow. He no. had a uh-uh. crossbow all of a sudden? He did. You see him yeah, give it back to did. whoever
5: he took it from. Oh, I was
0: like, from where? He, had, yeah. he didn't have <laughs> yeah. one. He, he gave it right back oh, no. to the kid, to the kid yeah. he
2: took it oh, from. Yeah. A couple of times now, he, different people have asked Daryl, do you have kids? And every single time I wanted him to be like, well, they weren't. It's a lot to explain too. not my flesh children, <laughs> my flesh but, flesh children. but th- <laughs> in a sense, I have had had kids like I feel like there was a couple of missed opportunities to bring up yeah. Judith and RJ here. <laughs> no, but
1: that's actually an interesting point. It's It's a bigger point than I think you're making is that he's never felt like he's had to lie to those kids. Because they're like Rick's kids, they to Judith handle. and RJ, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, they've seen they've seen a lot. Yeah, they've they've lived in in the thick of it. But the whole episode is about the things that we'll say to kids to do what we want them to do or what they need to do or to avoid getting hurt versus telling the truth and then delaying the inevitable and facing hardship during. Okay. Personal story, when I was a kid, and for the longest time I remember this, and I really railed against my mom, for because I was was smart, but not that smart, I needed to get a booster shot for my immunizations and stuff like that. I'm five years old, maybe four, maybe six, I can't remember, but the (laughs) suburb I was living in, they had a bunch of either students or whatnot giving uh, dental checks and hearing tests and stuff like that. I've never seen anything like this since, but one of the booths was immunizations, and there's a curtain so you can't really see what's happening and she goes no Mm -hmm. there's lollipops behind there she says there's lollipops behind there Mm
3: -hmm. and when i got there
1: and i said are they giving them because i'm smart but i'm not smart are they giving them (laughs) are they giving them shots or am i gonna get a shot she goes no 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 mommy you're gonna get (laughs) you're gonna get a lollipop you're gonna get two lollipops i get there there's a shot and i called her a liar for the longest time years years as a child also maybe a bit in, in my teenage years this is how dumb i am right But she could have made it harder on herself because, Rachel, you're a parent. You could have made it harder on yourself by telling the truth and waiting it out and waiting for the kid to understand that you're going to get a disease if you don't get these shots. But she decided to take the quick route. And
2: you know what? She suffered for it. Since Silas was old enough to ask me if he's getting a shot, I've never lied to him about it. Hmm. Yeah, me either. What, What was that age, though? Oh gosh! They can
0: ask by the time they're like three, it, two or three. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was, oh, okay, was pretty okay.
2: it was pretty young. I think the first time he asked, he might have been five or six. But they don't always understand right away. And I said, "Yeah, you will, but you're tough. You can handle it, and and you're going to get a sucker afterwards." You and know? I
1: did. I got all the suckers yep. until oh, yeah, age fourteen. Yeah, you got 14. suckered
2: all right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: my poor mom i seriously i think about it today like how awful i was to her for years call her i called her a liar every chance i got it was terrible in terms
4: of preparing the kids though we've talked about it before you have to prepare them for what's out there otherwise yep they're gonna die so get a bunch preparing. of braces on your hands in any way for what to expect when he goes outside did not do him any favors yes you mm-hmm. have to learn reading and poetry and arithmetic and all that but you also have to learn how to protect yourself so they've been arming themselves and teaching themselves how to fight but they haven't taught how is that going to benefit him so messed up they knew that at some point he was going to leave the safeties of the walls and go out in the world how could they not prepare him for what he was going to see
2: because they're dumb Dumb. and they think they can protect him that too, right?
1: So there yeah. is a utility in having to lie to, to accomplish a goal though. The show doesn't say, isn't trying to say the opposite and that you have to tell them everything all at once. Just, you got to go through it. And no, the show's not saying that the show is, is saying that sometimes we have to do these things to get by and then maybe explain it in the rear view. The question is when, and you're not always going to get it right. Lies in the, and
0: the
5: apocalypse are dangerous. Yeah.
1: True. Too yeah.
0: dangerous.
1: True. True. Time and place. And uh, there's never going to be the time.
0: Well, I have something else to say about the Mork and Mindy episode. One, loved the bicycle power. <laughs> so fun. Because yes. at first I was like, wait, they have electricity? I was like so confused. But I could hear the whirring of the bikes and I was like, no, I feel like they're pedaling something. Yeah, you see the kid so pedaling. That was really? really cool to see it at the front when they pan back around. I love that the kids are like so drawn to Daryl. So this is like a real thing. I can tell when put in like a room of kids who has really active fathers and who doesn't based on how they interact with men in the room. Cause it's mm-hmm. rare, but we do have, um, we have one male teacher and we did have a male substitute teacher for a while. And then we have our pastor as well who travels throughout the school a lot. One, the kids are always drawn to the men, period, like flat out because. They're Surrounded stuck women. with women all of the time. <laughs> so as soon as there's like a male, they're like, yes! And they like I'm automatically flock to that person. But on top of that, it's like I can tell when kids haven't been around men a ton because they're like especially stuck on that person. They want their attention. They want their affection. And as someone who didn't have a dad for a lot of my childhood, I can attest that it, it, at least for me, it resulted in me being really boy crazy. And that yep. was because I was looking for male approval don't worry, I'm working on it with my therapist.
3: This anyway, is gonna be a twist. Um,
0: <laughs> so I just really enjoyed seeing the kids loving him so much because they haven't had a dad. They're alone, yeah. you know, in the world, and, and they just have um, M- Madame Dubois as their like parent. And so I just thought that was really, really sweet. Those two littlest ones, especially, are like hugging on him. And they're like, Daryl, muscle Daryl, come sit by us. Like, it's just so cute. I just, I really loved it. It was so accurate. It's so true to true to real life.
1: But also he's called Father Daryl, too. So mm-hmm. it's like weird.
4: They've also probably been conditioned to think of men as dangerous in the apocalypse because they are.
1: Mm-hmm. So when they get a chance to yeah. not. So mm. when
4: you have a man there who's obviously a good guy because Lou has accepted him and and mm-hmm. he's a kind the person mother. and they, he's a man of God as far as they know, it's even more important to them because they finally have a male that is safe and they don't have to mm-hmm. be afraid of because they're afraid of the troll in the castle who's a man.
1: Nothing says it better than when, first of all, as a spiritual figure, and second of all, as a father figure like a literal father figure, Daryl is slurping his soup, and every one of them follows suit, because they all want to follow Daddy Daryl. It's so cute. (laughs) Daddy Daryl. As a model of spirituality, right? I have that written (laughs) in my notes. It says,
0: Father Daryl, more like Daddy. (laughs) what I wrote in my
3: notes.
4: (laughs) Just like Laurent copying him in the first episode, Mm -hmm. because that's what Laurent was doing in the first episode, was mimicking what he was doing. On the other side of the courtyard.
1: I like that that was more out of curiosity and not immediately embracing him in a sense. He was was more probing him with questions and trying to get more feedback from him. He's cautious enough, which I liked. The kids kind of glommed onto him. Oh, he's a father figure. He's a father in the church, whatever. But Laurent takes his time.
0: I think that just has to do more with age. These other kids are much younger, and so they're going to be more likely to be more affectionate immediately than Laurent's age and up. The episode of Mork and Mindy that was on... I looked it up. It was episode 22 of season four of Mork and Mindy. So at this point, they're married. It's called the Mork Report. (laughs) I have the script up for it. In this episode, I thought it was interesting. I went, I did go and watch like the beginning part. This is not the beginning. This is like a couple minutes into the episode. So it was kind of interesting. But at one point they're, they're sleeping and Mork wakes up and gets out of bed and is trying to rouse Mindy like up and he howls at her and so it made me think like maybe watching this episode so often because like yeah we think of the lost boys and rufio and all these other like robin williams connections this may have been all that they've seen and so i thought the howl like maybe it came from that so i just thought that was kind of cute that Mm -hmm. it was in it's like immediately before the scene that we see Hmm. interesting yeah
4: just on the whole mork and mindy is very apropos to the story because mork is Someone An from another world, fish out of water, comes to Boulder, Colorado, and uh, <laughs> meets a woman, Mindy Isabel, and she helps guide him through the pitfalls and and stuff of Earth while he continues to be very much himself because Mark, right. Mork is Mark. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. I
4: don't. I don't think they're going to have as many fun adventures as Mork and Mindy did, but. <laughs> also, he's, he's always calling back to his home planet so that's also what daryl's trying to do it's it's also very interesting
1: because the first season was supposed to be all about him adapting to mostly american culture and it not quite working out you see it all throughout this episode everybody's being prim and proper and setting the place Places and eating their soup with spoons, and he's just slurping his shit.
4: And it's just really <laughs> anyway. I just made a connection. He must be related to Jenny
1: because <laughs> <laughs> the fingers and the jam <laughs> from <laughs> Jenny from <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead season six and five. I read a little bit about Mork and Mindy and how I don't think they even got together at all in the first season because they were supposed to be just like friends.
4: Yeah, the romantic things came like season three or fours when they got romantic The romance. I think it
1: even started too. in season two. Because according to the show, it it was competing against other shows like Liver and Shirley at the time. And they felt like they had to punch it up to get a wider audience, meaning they had to get together so they could capture maybe a younger audience, like early 20s, maybe teens. And that's why it kind of went off into the distance, especially after Robin Williams had a comedy career beforehand and he kind of just took off anyway. And
4: then they had a baby and the baby was Jonathan Winters. (laughs) Of course it was. Really weird. They jumped the shark. Bridget, that is so appropriate because Mork and Mindy is a spinoff of Happy Days. Happy Days. Which is where Jump the Shark shark. (laughs) came from. Right, right. Mork visited uh, Fonzie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought that was just a crossover. It was an episode of Happy Days.
2: I didn't know it was a spinoff.
4: He landed (sighs) on Earth and he met Laverne and uh, Fonzie. I, th- I guess they'd already jumped the shark by then to have an episode where Alien comes <laughs> yeah, exactly. on. It was so popular that they right. made a show out of it. So
1: In Morgan and Mindy, it's the Benjamin Button thing. They don- A lot of people don't know the show, so when you're born, you're old. And then as you get older, because you see a lot of old people, but they're really kids. And so they reverse age and reverse. So just for context. That's why it's John Which is good Winters. for this episode because <laughs> these kids are older and wiser because they have to be too, in a sense. I don't know if it's going to close out the Mork and Mindy conversation, but like, come on, Daryl and
4: suspenders. It's it's like on on the show, Mork
1: and Mindy, Robin Williams character, Mork from Ork, uh, wears these rainbow suspenders most of the time.
4: I had those suspenders when I was a kid.
1: I think I had them at one, I borrowed them, they were a hand-me-down.
4: Ugh. I know somewhere I've got a picture of myself. I'm roller skating and I've got those suspenders on.
1: <laughs> you know what I did had because my little sister yes. would wear it. We all had our signature uniforms, which is really weird. But my sister, my little sister, had a yellow ski hat, whatever that had the the little nanu nanu hand signal, and I stole it from her. It's fine.
2: <laughs> I did. If I were in this situation, I would have had the same reaction to seeing Mork and Mindy. Like I I didn't watch it when it aired, obviously, but you know right. I caught reruns. I I Me too. I,
3: Absolutely. Uh, obviously. Have seen Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Shut
4: up, Rachel. <laughs> Yet another reason why
1: the kids kind of glom onto him because he is strange and talks funny and does funny things to them from their point of view. So they're well, used yeah. to it. Yeah, but yeah also I'm
0: sure that seems like it. a really mork moment where he's slurping the soup. <laughs> slurping the
2: soup. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so funny. He doesn't know how to eat right. <laughs> yeah. They're all
0: thinking,
1: that's so mork. <laughs> <laughs> they just think yeah. about it in your head it's like but for us uh-huh. it's so
4: different is that the only episode they have is that like just yeah. one episode I I like, feel like they, they, just have
1: so. all the they were like quoting it but we did that as kids didn't we though with a lot of things we'd watch yeah. this movie over i watched the goonies i stopped counting after the hundredth time with all of my siblings and it was a version of it that was recorded from television We had two versions. I was going to say,
0: which ending did you have, Dave? Well, (laughs) and
1: there were whole scenes missing from the middle of it that we got later on because, of course, we bought it later on in life because it was the thing we loved the most. But we would still do it over and over again. Yo,
4: this was like 2008. There were DVD players and DVDs go out and get a collection. (laughs) What is it with the VHS? (laughs) Listen, I eventually did. (laughs) VHS is way harder to find in 2008 than some DVD players.
0: RJ was hoarding all of them up in his castle. <laughs> this is the only one they could get their hands on. <laughs> he was like, Morgan Mindy, he, screw it. And he just left it. That's why they have it.
3: <laughs> Useless. Yeah, this, is,
4: this is the I hated this show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm RJ Gaines. By the way, when I thought the episode was called Old Fears, mm-hmm. and the, the whole point of that story was Mark decides to disguise himself as an old person to comfort Mindy's grandmother, Cora, because she had just lost a friend. Mm. And he tries to comfort her, and they're getting really close, but the whole point of that is that he lies to Cora in order to comfort her. Mm. And I thought that was an interesting kind of reflection of the, of what's going on here, too.
0: Well, I will say the beginning of this episode that we do see does have to do with lying to protect someone's feelings, because Mindy is given a dress by Mark that he... But- <laughs> Falls off a truck, essentially, because he finds a, a man on the side of the road in a truck that had broken down... And then he goes on to say that the guy kind of looks like Mindy. <laughs> it's <was> really weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it was, it was so really weird. Anyway, he ends up buying this dress and she clearly does not like it, like based on her facial expressions and the way that she's responding. I couldn't tell. I didn't like rewatch, rewatch this portion of it. But from what it said, it was like Roy Rogers would be jealous of it. So it seemed like it was like really mm-hmm. like, uh, I think it was kind of like almost like a patent. Country Western. A patent leather, but it was like brown you know like a tan patent leather dress uh-huh, and it's like a weird pink? like ruffle on one side and like it was really interesting and he's like you look so good i gotta take you out we gotta go out for dinner and she's like i don't have shoes that go with this i can't i can't wear this was- and he's like Funny you would say that. I bought a pair of shoes from a man named Bubba. And like, (laughs) he he has these like matching shoes that go with it. But anyway, she's trying to protect his feelings. She really hates it. Like very clearly does not want to wear it. So that did still
4: apply. Yeah,
1: there you go. All these lies that have to be told to more because
4: he doesn't understand. Her grandmother, Cora, was like the Sophia prototype.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to talk about the prayer at the table. Daryl's Darryl, Okay. Where they ask him to pray. Appropriate. Which one I laughed hysterically because he had already started eating. <laughs> <So> it's like, <laughs>
3: just, just yes. beforehand. Yes. Yeah.
0: He's like, so he's just like, oh, okay. He like wipes his hand on his shirt. Like,
2: okay. <laughs> classic Daryl. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, we're saying grace now. <laughs> and um, and I love that they ask him to pray and he's like, like saying grace. And I, <laughs> he could have been He should have like, licked his
1: fingers first though, no? He did. He did. He did. He did. He did.
0: He He licks his hand and wipes it. Anyway.
3: Could you cut that?
0: Yeah. I love that he he could have said no. He could have turned Mm -hmm. this down. He could have not done it. But instead, because the kids were asking, and I'm sure he feels some sort of obligation because Isabel has lied about who he is to them, but he didn't have to. And I love that he does. And he just speaks from the heart it's really endearing and from a christian perspective it it was like a sweet prayer it was an honest prayer and that's what God wants out of us. Like when we talk to him and he doesn't want you to like lie to him or you could just recite like a prayer that, you know, which is fine. And, and you do that in times of like, I don't really know what to say. So I'm just, I'm going to say this or like, this is a prayer that I know off the top of my head. So I'm just going to say it. But speaking from the heart, having those like honest conversations with God, that's a real thing. And I just, I loved how heartfelt this was. It was very moving, moving as a person, but then deeper for me because of my background as Well,
4: I 100% expected him to do like good food, good eats, good God, good God, let's eat. That is, I expected him 100% to say yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I should
3: say this. Yeah. He, he would,
1: I, I just imagine him beforehand just going, Let's join hands. First of all, he's like very solemn. Rub a dub dub. Thanks for the grub. <laughs> Thanks for the grub.
3: <laughs> Thanks for the
1: grub. Amen. And the amen. The amen is important. <laughs>
0: I wouldn't have been (laughs) mad about that either. That would have been fine. That would have been fine too.
1: So there's two things I can springboard off of to touch on. I wanted to go back just for a second to the Mork and Mindy watching it over and over again. In Judaism, there's a there's a concept called uh, I forget what it's called, but it's that God prefers the thing that we do most often to be first, at least in terms of the order of how we do things. And you would think because we're you know, in modern times we think, oh, the special thing is probably the thing we should do first before the thing we normally do. The once in a lifetime holidays and stuff like that. No, where we get this directly from is that the Sabbath, if there's a holiday that falls on the Sabbath, we do the Sabbath things above the holiday thing. So like just this weekend, we had Rosh Hashanah, Jewish New Year's. It's 5784, by the way. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) so we do the Shabbos prayers primarily. The services are geared around the Sabbath. And then we sneak in some of the Rosh Hashanah stuff. The only exception to this rule is next week, we'll have Yom Kippur. If if it fell on a Sabbath, we would have to fast. That's the only exception. Now, so when you go back to Mork and Mindy and you watch it over, that's that in a sense is a weird kind of way of saying that's your prayer. That's your regular service. There's a specialness to the recurrence and the repetition of something. But then you go to what you were saying about things from the heart, Isaiah's prayer. She oh, yeah. Lou says she reads Isaiah's prayer to Madame Dubois to, to get better. The interesting thing about what you just said was that, and this happens also with Hannah and Samuel, like when Hannah is praying to get pregnant
3: mm-hmm. with uh,
1: the prophet Samuel, she prays in silence and it's noticeable because we don't pray in silence. It's not something that we do, but mm-hmm. she does it anyway. So uh, Hezekiah in English, but Hezekiah, he's, he's also a very important figure in prophets. He falls deathly ill and the prophet um, Isaiah Ishayahu in Hebrew, he says first, he says, get your house in order. That's where we get the phrase from you are going to die, get your house in order, because you're going to die and you're not going to live. He says this, you're not. You're going to die and you're not going to live. So treat it as though it's happening. It, what if not first of all is this episode? Tell the truth. Act like you know. But in that moment, even though he says the truth, it's like in reverse. He says the truth to him first, but then he goes back and says, okay, let me give you the belief part now. At the same time, Ishahu faces away from Hizqiyahu and he says, I beseech you, O Lord, remember how I have walked before you in truth and with a perfect heart, and I've done that which is good in your sight. And Hizkiyahu wept bitterly, right? Talking from the heart, he felt these words, right? And I'm going to say it in the biblical biblical way, and it came to pass before Hizkiyahu had gone to the middle of court, and the word of the Lord came to him saying, turn back and tell Hizkiyahu, the prince of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord and I will add to you 15 years and I'll deliver you and the city out of the hand of the king of the Asherite king, the king of Ashur. And I will defend the city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant, David. Then there's a whole thing about healing and all that stuff, which, okay, could be spooky beta shit in this, in this show. Maybe Laurent can do this cool shit. But the whole point of this is he does this whole time travel thing to prove to Hizkiyahu that he can actually heal him. Because Yishai just told him that he was going to die. And so like, now now I need proof that you talked to God and said I was going to live now. So it's just interesting what you're saying about talking from the heart, how that has the ability to move people and set the stage for what's to come and could change things too. Because Daryl, it follows that when he says his prayer with the kids. Then he's with Mork and Mindy and they're all on him and he's happy. You can see him. He's like, no way. And (laughs) Norman Reedus. (laughs) But then he gets to the bed and then he remembers, you know, act as if you're going to die. What do you want to do before you die? You want to go home. You want to be with your family. And then Isabel reminds him, family is who you're with. And he knows this because how did Rick become his brother? Even though he had a brother or has at, at the time he had a brother and he chose Rick to be his brother.
5: I feel like he started to remember while he was still watching Mork and Mindy instead yeah. of like once he got away from it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it kind- like these things were happening all at once. Oh, he yeah. Remembered. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. interesting. We have a rowdy bunch of analysts on our hands.
4: He was also thinking about the poor donkey and reminding him of buttons.
1: Sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> from the, the the horse from The Walking Dead. toys. <laughs> From the fr-
5: first episode, no was it? buttons is the one he was catching with Aaron. Buttons
4: is the one he mm-hmm. was going with Eric after with Aaron. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. The oh.
2: I am so so happy that things turned out the way that they did. I was so nervous. As we know, <laughs> we've seen it time and time again where our characters show up someplace and then the place just gets demolished. We've seen it already. So when they showed up and met all of these children, yeah. like I immediately was like. <gasps>
0: No, no. I was the children. So, no, I was so happy. No. I
1: like not fear the walking dead again. This is a Padre situation, isn't it? All these children, <laughs> no parents. I did write that down a little bit. though.
0: I didn't write it in my notes, but I remember thinking Sharon D won't hate this. Because <laughs> they didn't wrote, die, they yeah. actually left with the same number. Theoretically, they lost one yeah. person, but they brought someone back with
2: missing. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. technically, it's exactly the same. Right, status place we uh, one another. Madame Dubois died. We can assume from natural causes, yeah. right? Nobody, nobody came in and killed her you right. know, viciously. This was not our fault. <laughs> No, no. we didn't cause this so i was uh, i was so happy but the second i found out this was like a community of children i'm like oh no 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 no, no. please no. no i wrote we're gonna we're gonna fuck this up
5: i wrote hey writers and producers not do no. not kill these kids
4: <laughs> right Oh, uh, yeah. We'll just we'll just forget they ever existed and never hear about them again. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like in se- they're,
2: season... They're with the season five fear kids. They're with the
1: Cackleberry kids. Right. They're in the yep. caverns or the catacombs. Let's adapt it. Do you want to know what Madame Duab was dying from?
2: I didn't know what she was yeah. taking. What was she taking? Are you basing this on the medications yeah. that were sitting there?
1: Yeah. She was taking metformin, which is used to treat type 2 diabetes. Okay. And she went on a steep decline without
2: them, basically, which leads to the Isaiah's Prayer. Which kind of makes it extra interesting. When Daryl was in RJ's bunker looking through things, he grabs a handful of syringes and then puts them down. Yep. He still brings back Mm -hmm. medicine to to her. Mm -hmm. But- Mm It's too late. It's too late. Like I said, I didn't get a good look at it, so I didn't know what it was, but I was hoping whatever this medication was he was bringing back, that the rest of the kids could use it somehow if if needed, like maybe antibiotics or painkiller mm-hmm. or something along those lines. But if it's specifically for diabetes, it's going to help well, a Well, dude's small... dead now. They can go back whenever they want. hmm
1: Yeah, exactly. That's true. They could even use it as, yeah. as a new place if they wanted to, essentially. I
0: mean, seemed like a pretty
1: Defensible nice place position. to hold up. Which brings
5: me the... to... The school Simone Vale. So I did look at where it is. It makes 100% complete sense that they kind of came across this school because it's very close to where Daryl landed,
3: mm-hmm. basically.
1: Oh, okay.
5: Yeah. And also, Simone Vale herself was just a very powerful French woman. She was a French magistrate. She survived the Holocaust. She served as health minister in several governments. From 79 to 82, she was the president of the European Parliament, which she was the first woman to hold that office. She's remembered best for advancing women's rights in France, in particular, the 1975 law that legalized abortion, which is known today as the Veil Act. Mm. Did she have like Bad a lot of
0: bitch. initiatives that were education based? I believe so, because they do... Just because the school is named mean, after her, so I would assume it, that she was big on furthering education
5: it goes into a lot more detail about some educational and some constitutional things that she did Mm. but i focus more on like the women's rights and yeah (laughs) yeah
1: i didn't get too deep into her thing
5: i'm gonna attempt to say exactly where the school is in case you want to look at it on the map i mean if you look for school simone vale it should pop up but it's at place roger peck
1: place roger peck roger
5: la tour de france 66720
1: i don't know how to read that but that's where it is (laughs) (laughs) you pretty much got it it's saint joseph as you may or may not know is obviously jesus's actual sorry not biological
2: up. father, mm, sir. Not biological. Uh, no, that's it, the Jewish belief father? that it was his biological
0: father. <laughs> uh, not on my end, sir. Nope. <laughs> just, nope.
1: That'll serve as a thing. Cool. Okay, so. His you earthly get, father. Is, yeah, He's, there you go. <laughs> Joseph is Mary's wife. <laughs> Who happens to wait, be around wait. When, when the son of God <laughs> <What>? is born? <laughs> Mary's husband. Joseph is Mary's wife. Yeah. No, that's real. There, there we go. And We're sticking with that. <laughs> the prayer goes as follows and you'll see how it ties into the episode. Oh, glorious St. Joseph, to you, God committed the care of his only begotten son amid the many dangers of this world. We come to you and ask you to take under your special protection the children God has given us. Through holy baptism, they became children of God and members of his holy church. We consecrate them to you today that through his, this consecration, they may become your foster children. Guard them, guide their steps in life, form their hearts after the hearts of Jesus and Mary. St. Joseph, who felt the tribulation and worry of a parent when the child Jesus was lost, protect our dear children from time and eternity. May you be their father and counselor. Let them, like Jesus, grow in an age as well as in wisdom and grace before God and men. Preserve them from the corruption of this world, interesting, tie, and give us the grace one day to be united with them in heaven forever. Amen. <laughs> Fun fact about
2: me:
3: mm-hmm.
2: I'm named after Joseph's mom. What's her mom's? Name? Rachel, Rachel. <laughs> <The> spelling's right. <laughs> no, it's not.
1: <laughs> no, it is Rachel. 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 I have an.
2: I have that extra A in my name. My mom had to change it up a little bit. Yeah, I, Rachel. Yeah, That's, I thought it was that mm-hmm. way in the Bible, though. Is it yeah. yeah, it is. I thought it was traditional. El. It's mm-hmm. technically Rachel, so
0: Rachel,
1: mm-hmm. Ale, like mm-hmm. Aziraphale. Okay. You got to say
0: your name a lot more flummy than you do.
1: Yeah. It's uh, not
0: Rachel. It's <sighs> Rachel.
1: <And> if you're Sephardic <laughs> like me, you say Rachel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, there you go. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's, that's a lost cause. Most Sephardics can't even do that.
3: Anyway.
1: <laughs> it's kind of interesting because this is the prayer that Lou asks the nuns to recite. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I think I know this one. (laughs) But right away, top of the dome, Sylvie and and Isabel know this Mm -hmm. one. And they're like, that's the basis of the trust, too, is that this is something that we say because we need to. And it also kind of gets their intentions of these people, A, to see that they're legit. But B, Mm -hmm. if you're our people, if you're destined to be in this here, in this moment.
5: I feel like as her number one fan. I have to point out Sylvie's number one was fan. Also... That's who This <laughs> gotcha. I
1: was awesome. Gotcha. I was waiting to hear who the fan was. <laughs> who, now, after the
0: who, last yeah, episode, the... she's like, I am Sylvie's Stan. And everyone's like, Who the hell is Sylvie?
1: <laughs> she <laughs> lives in Sylvie's Stan. <laughs> all her Sylvie, Sylvieites.
5: <laughs> it was more kept in the background, but it was also a lot Sylvie's backstory. Mm hmm. And we get to understand that she pretty much lived the exact same life that Laurent is living now, not knowing Mm -hmm. who she is, where she came from, why she is where she is. But I did write down, but they allowed her to become a badass and he's a wuss. I don't understand.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: beating up on Laurel, I get why you're saying that in this episode. Part of it is she's not directly (laughs) related to anybody that was there.
5: This is true. One.
0: Two... Mm I imagine they did know a little bit about her backstory, not a ton, but they probably would have known her parents' names and stuff since she was dropped Mm. off there by her parents. So I assume that they just hadn't come to get her yet. So I figured she went there for schooling. So they would have known a fair amount about her life. And she was old enough to remember her parents and stuff like that. So she does have more backstory than Laurent does because they just haven't straight up have not told him anything, which is like rude. But to be fair, what are you going (laughs) to tell him? Well, your mom died and then you came out of her Actually, while she aunt. was a walker. And then somehow you were six mm-hmm. months old. And also <laughs> your dad, Such your weird. dad may or may not have been this pimp like douchebag. And that's yeah. a huge yeah. maybe. But Richie's but yeah, convinced it. that that guy is a handler. He That's is immediately so creepy. What he said. I, I yeah. was like, I was like, if I had thought that she wasn't stealing and instead was a prostitute, this right. dude is for sure her pimp. And The Walking Dead does this thing sometimes where some of these things are unspoken
1: truths. Mm-hmm. It's
0: something about it, and the way that he holds on to her face, and
2: there's just like a lot of like really stuff about him i don't like him he never told her that he loved her or anything right like right. it was all about i've taken care of you haven't mm-hmm. i haven't i always taken and who care says of that? you pimps yeah pimps right right, right.
4: Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. very very astute his name is quinn which was also the name of the guy in um fear 412 week the guy mm-hmm. that that stole spotty
1: this is june's mm-hmm. mirror image basically yeah Write it down, Rachel. Write it in the book of names.
0: I am I now.
1: Amen.
5: So Richie has this whole like storyline thought up of where there's a ring of females that go around and just pickpocket people. And this it's kind of where my like, head
0: went it, with yeah. the exception of she was able to keep the money. Right. So that's why I was like, maybe not. That's the only reason that I was like, maybe I'm not getting the right vibe from this.
1: I'm so glad that you said something because I my mind went to the direction of what she was doing with him was the same thing she was doing with the people in the bar, meaning she somehow roped this boyfriend with means and well, is cheating on him. Here's the
0: other thing: see, they're me. in a huge That's city. Stupid. They're in a huge city. How did he know where she was? <laughs> That's what I keep. S- oh yes. Oh, the jj yeah. uh, yes. LoJack. Yeah, yeah. That was weird. Unless he's tracking no, her did. phone. <laughs> Was find find was, right. by, was the by only, my friends a thing in two thousand eight. You want to know Maybe. how more
1: naive I am, by the way, more naive than what I just said to you about oh he's just one of her marks, yeah, th- that sort of thing. I thought that he had ties to her parents. They were his driver, and <sighs> in their absence, he would take care of her as as the you know the person that's
0: managing the home front all right i'm gonna go insane. ahead i'm, I'm guy gonna go ahead and he say this a creep you are a horrible judge of character because that guy was the <laughs> was worst such a
5: creep based he on the very creep. little yeah.
0: evidence that i received
5: he's the friend. worst yeah. initial, just, initial just gonna, initial,
1: initial, gonna call no, it he is ab- and he was taking advantage of the daughter so there's that
0: well, guaranteed <laughs> we're
1: gonna see this guy again another guaranteed. one of her marks. i
0: think so he had a gun on him you know i
1: thought that at the end of my watch i said well it wouldn't be interesting to see this guy again yeah i
0: feel like he's gonna Could come be. back he
1: doesn't no, have to i, don't I firmly care,
0: i'm i'm a firm believer that he is the dad i'm a yeah. firm believer. believer's father mm. yeah i'm not yeah. that
4: settled on it, it would be so. yeah. that's why that's why lily oh, yeah. wouldn't say anything about who the father was
0: and she said i was afraid you would be mad those are her like exact because words mm-hmm. of
1: the relationship they have. Yeah. That's nebulous. And we don't know what's going on here, but we do. Cause what
5: other reason would she have to hide a pregnancy? Right.
2: Which means she knows too. This would be a very far stretch, but unless in addition to being, you know, a oh. prostitute for this horrible guy, she was like bottom bitch and like sort of also had somewhat control over the lower tiered prostitutes in this hierarchy. She might've been like, A team with Quinn, you know what I mean, and she does. I mean, she doesn't want her girls getting pregnant. So Isabel doesn't want. Is she okay? She she has like Mm -hmm. a relationship. Okay, okay, gotcha. But but then I but then I backtrack and I'm like, this is her sister too, though. Like, would she she do that? I don't know. It doesn't. It seems
0: kind of weird because when she brings Lily down with her, she's like, I'm not leaving my sister behind. And he seems almost like okay. Like, where where did she come from? Where did she
3: come from?
1: (laughs) So I was
0: almost like. What's no, going he on here? here yeah. but, you
1: know what? You're right. That there is that. Who is this person?
0: But are you overcompensating for the fact that you bang that chick and put right. a baby in her? And if he knows
2: that she's pregnant with his kid, wouldn't he want even more so to get rid of her? Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. That's he was
0: really trying to sell mm-hmm. her on getting mm-hmm. her out of there. Because mm-hmm. what does it do for you? So what? You bring her with and there's not a baby doctor. Right. You're right. saying you're coming back to Paris in a couple of days. You don't care if she's along or not. There's something else going mm-hmm. on there. It was suspicious.
1: Yeah. You can even go as far as to say this. He's not the baby daddy, but. When Isabel is out on the prowl, maybe he or Lily approached him to be involved in his business. And he's like, Yeah, I could use another bitch. And then he she goes out and gets herself pregnant with one of the clientele. And of course he's responsible for that. Isabel having tried to shield her from that life. Yeah, and that's why she pimp, would be
0: angry. A pimp wouldn't a care pimp about does that. Does sample
1: the merchandise sometimes, yes.
0: But, this reminds me. But, so I just watched Idiocracy again the other day. And I don't know if you guys remember the beginning of that <laughs> movie. Shift. Well, at the beginning yeah, of that of movie, when they're talking about who they've <laughs> who they've gotten to do the study, the sci- like that head guy who's like running that whole operation. He talks about Upgrade. Upgrade is the pimp of Maya Rudolph's character. Maya right, Rudolph's right, right. character is a hooker, but Luke Wilson is so oblivious that he doesn't get it. But Upgrade <laughs> is like her ex-boyfriend is what they call him in the movie, but he's her pimp. <laughs> he's
1: the pimp, right. And he'll find out, <laughs> and right? the guy That's at the, the beginning thing.
0: of the study is like, and as we all know pimping ain't easy and like he does (laughs) is like so good it's so funny and that's that's what the catalyst for the whole movie because he gets arrested that guy who's the head of the program gets arrested for being involved in the in the ring in the pimp ring because he becomes besties with Upgrade, <laughs> and it's like it's like U P P G G R A Y Y E T or something it's like
3: this. Stupid, wow. it's a stupid
0: spelling. It's I don't that's not it exactly, but anyway, great movie crossover point to Tales of the Walking Dead because it stars Terry Cruz. <laughs> right,
1: right, mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. as uh, President Camacho. President President.
0: Camacho. Mountain Dew is in his name somewhere. President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho.
1: Herbert
3: Camacho.
1: (laughs) Okay, so let's jump to the castle where R.J. Gaines, not Grimes, is is held up. Our beloved Lone Star State Texan stuck in France. Sounds familiar. (gasps) From Giddens, Texas. Giddens, yeah. Giddens, Texas. The first thing I wrote down in my second watch, obviously, is... This is a mirror reflection for Daryl, not just because of the obvious on the nose shit It's because what RJ Gaines says, I have a wife and kids to get back to and you got to do what you can to get by. This is his whole Mm -hmm. modus operandi. He's the extreme opposite parallel of Daryl, same background, but different characters. And this is just off the heels of telling Isabel that's what I'm here for. I'll lie and do whatever I need to do to get to where I need to be, which is home. And here's this character doing the same thing. But in like an extreme version, he sees children all around him and he can't wait to screw them over. Well, (laughs) unlike (laughs) Daryl, who takes the time to help people in need. Let's
0: say this. I want to preface this conversation with clearly this guy's not mentally well after 12 years I don't know trying that to get he's, back home i don't know that this was the person that he originally was i don't want to be like <laughs> i don't want this to become like an america is the worst trope okay like, <laughs> like
4: in the last of us when ron ron swanson when ron swanson went and cleaned out the town of everything we were like yeah that's the smart thing to do but now this guy does it and we're like oh he's evil so you know, it's it's, exactly. perspective. Mm-hmm. it's perspective. it's all
0: in the perspective. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing, because I was like, this guy, man after my own heart. He's got a hoarding pile. <laughs> yeah, he's a prepper. <laughs> he I, mean, I'm couponing. i <laughs> It's like if you like, to, if you like to coupon, <laughs> we've got to stuff crackers. to talk about. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think he does. It's a match made in hell. <laughs> uh,
3: anyway. oh my
1: gosh. First of all, let's apologize in advance for Kira's belly aching, literal. Anyway.
4: <laughs> just made and he's got <laughs> on toothpaste. i
0: uh, me too, because you know what? You get it for free when you keep on. So to eat It made I don't me think it. of
4: my favorite episode on The Walking Dead, which is 610, where Rick can't is looking toothpaste. for toothpaste for Michonne. Yeah. And yes. and they find the toothpaste because it's, it's at the in bottom the, of the lake. It's in the truck that Daryl and Rick then later roll into the river and to the lake.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> to be fair, Jesus was kind of fucking shit up for them.
4: Dave, did you no just say that Jesus fucked everything up? Because Yeah, Jesus always fuck Oh. I mean well, for us mostly.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> everybody's like, What is happening?
1: Charity started it. Just, ah! I, I buried it though. I buried <sighs> it though, so it's fine. <laughs> Insecure the nonbeliever's role. Oh god. Dave, I got to go to work. Literally, I just got Jesus raptured
2: by guys. Uh, <laughs> bye.
1: That was actually a tractor beam from an alien. <laughs> Sorry.
4: My favorite part of RJ Gaines is when he's hanging off the bridge and he's like, "I'm an American."
0: I'm oh an my American. god. Okay. <laughs> That's when I was like, when he yelled,
4: "I'm <laughs> an American." <laughs> I was, like, I was like, I was like, I was like, air warning, Mister Gaines.
2: <laughs>
4: walkers don't care. He's just trying to warn the walkers that as an American, he's probably full of McDonald's and KFC and Taco Bell, and so they <laughs> he's should gonna be really good. He's gonna him. be
0: great tasting.
4: You know. He's all those just walkers like gum, it never leaves your system
0: he's <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, well, that's true. He's not very nutritious.
0: When he said that, all I could think was, oh, my God, I'm so glad this doesn't air in France. That was all I could think (laughs) was because I was like, I was like, I don't need I don't need anyone to think that this is real. I can guarantee you if I'm being eaten by walkers, I'm not yelling, please stop. I'm an American. I'm not yelling that. That's literally the right. last thing I would yell. Like, I would be like, oh, no, God help me. Um, someone kill Mori. me. Ah. Um, yeah. like, Screams, shrieks. literally yeah. anything other than I'm an American. So when I saw right. that, I was like, right. oh, no, I don't. Like, I, this does <laughs> not bode well for the American oh no. people. <laughs>
1: We'll just, we, they you know what? We should just go like Communist China and just edit it out for American audiences, and not
4: for and air in France. Oh
1: just, my gosh! You know,
4: let's- I love the little joke <laughs> they throw in there when they're introducing Daryl to lou and the others and she's like he, he's like he doesn't speak french and she's like after all this time he's like you know american Americans. Americans. Oh, yeah. Americans.
1: That's, your, that's father daryl you're talking about okay. i mean
3: that
0: was funny and it accurate does play well. so it's yeah. fine
1: the american rj gaines is played by an actor named brian dennehy who is irish Dennehy. Okay. Dennehy oh, I was gonna
0: Dennehy, say that's the yeah. most Irish name I've ever heard, other than like Brian. Or, o, sorry, did I say Ned, I Ned Dennehy,
3: right? or something? <laughs> like, but like, and if
1: it was McManus, Dennehy? we'd say Not he's Scottish. Donahue. No, so it's uh, Ned Dennehy, who has been in obviously mm-hmm. a bunch of things that you might know him from: Outlander, Peaky Blinders, but most notably for me and relevant to this series, an Australian television show called Glitch. Glitch was a show about
5: oh. I I, I watch that glitch. show. Yeah,
1: you can watch it on Netflix. It was crazy, and it's about basic. He's one of the the. It dead, was weird. He's one of the dead that rises mm-hmm. in this show. You're talking about people. I knew
2: it's I not, recognized and him, and
1: it's not just the recent dead. You're talking about dead that have been yeah. long dead throughout mm-hmm. his the Australia's yep. history, from right when the establishment of Australia happened, and mm. this character who just a little bit afterwards, his character on the show is a an Irishman who winds up in Australia and it has a lot to do with Australian history and stuff like that. But you find out later on in the series that there is a bit of a spiritual component to the show. And I am spoiling the second season in a a sense, but I would definitely take a moment to watch his role. He has, unlike some of his roles, like on Peaky Blinders Mm -hmm. and on Outlander, he does have a more
2: prominent role in that series. Which is one of those shows that started off really good and then kind of went off the rails. (laughs) Yeah, that's the second season mostly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: The first season, I thought it was going to end after the first season. No, No, uh, I did too. No, 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 no. Glitch. And Uh, then they came back. And uh, to be fair, I really did like the main actor. He's a very funny comedian from sketch comedy. Really? Yeah, the main actor. I did not know he was a comedian. I will look up his name and I'll give it to you. But the main actor. Because he's not funny on this show. No, he's (laughs) such a tragic role. And then. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I've seen him do sketch comedy and stuff like that. He's hilarious. Deadpan hilarious. But seeing him do this heavy. So I wanted to see him for a second season and we got it and it was really weird. I was like, I thought the show was over. It's weird.
2: I, I love his version of the American accent him.
1: though.
0: I loved him. And I, don't know, he's great. I thought he was great. And also he, his eyes. Okay. So his eyes really sold the like man, the manic crazy. He reminded me a lot of how, what was her name? Claire? second season of the walking dead the crazy woman in the woods clara clara, clara. the, the one that rick, rick meets
2: Rick meets with the head in the box in a bag she's trying to feed rick to her husband
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: that look that expression like on her face he like was giving that expression <laughs> so i was mm-hmm. that's what it reminded me of also he had a walker moat which is incredible yes. right
5: yes that was Awesome! So I wanted to mention the Walker
4: Moat. Yeah, <laughs> Case he's an
0: American That's hero. A- I don't even care what anybody else
4: says. <laughs> <laughs> it helps to have a moat pre-built for you. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, Filling it
0: with Walkers
5: is a great idea. Ned Dennehy was Lionel Brown on Outlander.
0: I haven't gotten there yet. I don't think.
4: Case in oh, point. Okay. Yeah, it's the,
0: like the show or six. the movie? The show, season six. So? Show. Okay.
4: Okay. It was in the yeah, latter season. It's seasons, like yeah. season five and six.
0: Oh, weird. <laughs> They're in France on that show, too.
4: <laughs> there you go.
1: That, so it was
0: convenient for him.
4: In that scene, there's one little shout out, a little Jaws homage by blowing up the compressed air tank to take out the walkers. Because mm, that's yeah. how they took oh, out yeah, Jaws. Spoiler. spoiler alert, y'all. That's how they took <laughs> out Jaws in the first movie. They decades, blew up the decades compressed tank. Decades old
2: spoiler.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, and there was fuel there, too, by the way, because that was one of the things they stole from the children is uh, petrol as well. A lot of damage done that day. You know what? Daryl did get away with destroying a place. <laughs> just not the way
0: just <laughs>
3: it
1: usually yeah, happens. in a different way. <laughs> Seems like the structure held up, though. Yeah, no, it, it, I think the whole thing pretty oh, much held up. It just
4: blew up the moat. <laughs>
1: hmm Yeah. They, well, they'll find more. They'll find more. They always find
4: more. They kill that guy or whatever, and all they take is, like, they take all the rest of the supplies, like, go back and get the rest of the supplies, people.
0: Well, that's what I was saying. The kids mm-hmm. can go back and yeah, they restock. Have They've they have got time, time now. Because I doubt there's other yeah. people in that area. Yeah, They
2: slayed the dragon. Mm-hmm. Ned Denahi. They I did. R.J. Haynes. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> the history lesson. Did you guys look up the... Le tarac? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I did look up that. There
0: were two There were two beasts. Mythical beasts. Well, one's not really mythical. We don't Let's know what it was. Let's talk about the second one
1: first. <laughs> okay. They're playing hide and seek just beforehand. Mm-hmm. But the game of slaying La Bête de Gévaudin, it's... Basically where the game hide-and-seek comes from, essentially. the Bête de Gévaudan. It was a beast that hides and rises to attack others. It was legend from between 1764 and 1767. A mysterious creature called the beast ravaged a rural region of Gévaudan, this is a region in France. About 100 men, women, and children reportedly fell victim. France was in a slump at the time on the heels of the Seven Years' War. So, there are many encounters with the beast that were very heroic, but one in particular was with children who heroically fought it off, basically. So, it's a very interesting interplay with the whole hide and seek concept. You're taking this beast that hides and see, and people are seeking him out to-, to slay it. And so, it's very interesting. This is where the game comes from, essentially. Going back to La Tarasque, okay, that's the lizard. That legend is based on
0: from what i read it was all over the place I had the head of a lion the the body of like a turtle or like a turtle shell covering for the legs shape. of a bear was it was like, it's,
3: yeah, like the claws of a bear. it's
0: like so many different things mashed into one
1: the tail of a serpent and okay oh, blow poison smoke that's what it was it was another sure. which by the way i did not understand at first what the gas masks were that the children were wearing at first but if you think about it and you go back to the explanation of La Tarasque and it could blow poison smoke, that's the only mm-hmm. thing that makes sense, actually. They're afraid of La Tarasque. No, and his maybe he had smoke
0: bombs at one point. That could be also. I mean, we didn't see Or it, knew how to make them. both Because they're both like, you can't make them. Yeah. And yeah. he'd hoarded a ton of stuff. So like, God only knows. So even if he had like made smoke bombs just to like provide cover, they could have been like, oh, he's a weird
1: lunatic creature
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well okay so that like is like real life becomes fiction that sort of thing but never mind the fact that one of the kids was wearing a pandemic mask one of the long nosed ish mm,
3: mm-hmm. where they put
1: the potpourri at the end like the to plague, not, do- not plague, the plague doctor mask yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. silas got one of those for his birthday this year <laughs> of course he did he's your kid <laughs> um i should mention that okay in the same breath, as we talk about La Terrasque, we should mention that in the, the Bête de Gévaudan, the Hide and Seek, is the scene that happens beforehand, which is, first of all, he's easily caught and they tell him, my daddy was the Count of Monte Cristo, essentially. He's humiliated.
3: Mm-hmm. And then
1: finding out the mule, he's humiliated again that they lied to him. And this is why he fucks off and how he finds the mule is it's like further humiliation. And then he confronts uh, Sylvie and Isabel about the lies and refuses to go in the cart. He walks alongside or, you know, in front of it or alongside it. <laughs> what
0: a kid reaction, too. I love that. I'm,
1: well, it's, I'm a still relief. coming
0: because you told me I had to, but right. I'm walking.
1: A journey of a, a thousand miles starts with a single step. At least there's that. And he's coming to grips with all this stuff, too. So it was a very interesting look into a character who at first you you find he's precocious. He's inquisitive. He's, he's probing Daryl for answers. And then you find out he is just a kid there mm-hmm. and he is exactly what he wants to be is just a kid. And he's, he's putting, he's having a fit. And so, Taras was a legend from a town called Tarasson. It ravaged the town until Saint-Marthe, which is Saint-Martha. Geron, don't get a fit. Oh, Martha. Know, I know. is <sighs> the one who tamed it. Let me f- skip Wait to a the I'm the one that I defend, Martha. You did eventually, yes. Yes. <laughs> I can't stand Martha. <laughs> so, the way she tamed the beast, the Tarasque, the was she sprinkled holy water on a cross which tamed the beast and she tied her girdle around its neck. She was, a, she was a nun or a holy woman and led it into town where subsequently the townspeople threw rocks and spears until it died. Well, the walkers took care of that with RJ Gaines, but same principle. But going back to one little factoid that I found, this legend was is closely tied to a fictional story about a fictional mock hero called... Uh, this, And this is why I love the French. They do contribute to some really cool fiction. The character's name is called... Tartarin de Tarasson. It was about a middle aged man who was a boastful braggart, easily deceived, as Daryl has been thus far, by Mary belle and Guillaume and probably the people on the boat, too, but good hearted. It was written by Alphonse Daudet in 1872. And the interesting thing about this story it's a little tiny factoid is that this story does contain some anti Semitism in it, as well as some. Whole chunks that were taken out by in modern times by future. Is that re- there's re- some re- weird
0: like eroticism thing in it? Uh, uh, I read. I well. read
1: about that. I was like, but they kept what? they kept that shit in. They took out all the stuff that was slamming Islam too, because it, it didn't even interfere with the plot whatsoever. They were able to take it out safely. It's like, but some of the anti semitism was just you know shifted around a little bit just to kind of be a little bit more palatable. But who, if not Daryl, was is this kind of guy? He kind of walks around confidently. But is easily deceived because he actually does have a good heart. <laughs> a middle-aged man, especially when it comes to kids, right? True. I wish I, I wish I read more up on that because there is like an encounter with the Tarasque or something like that, and we see Daryl as like the hero. He is the protagonist. There's no other way to see him. But it's interesting to see him in a different light. As you go, oh, he is a middle-aged man who can get tricked by by <laughs> people easily.
0: He's like the comedic relief in his own show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. how
1: did that happen (laughs) can we hit on that a little bit because some of the critics have panned this series thus far because of that, because he's the butt of some jokes and they're making mm-hmm. fun of his his mannerisms and Now, a lot stuff of that, like that has to do
0: with the fact that it's a fish out of water story and fish out of water stories always result in the trope of the main character being Ray funny Kilder. because he's mm-hmm. not doing things normally.
3: hmm. Right. Like um, Mindy, again, in a there's a
0: lot of criticism for the mm-hmm. show based on tropes that have existed for years. So they decided to use them, and suddenly it's like, "Oh, this isn't wholly original." Okay, well, nothing is. Like, calm down. (laughs) Nothing is original. (laughs) Yeah, calm down.
4: Except Mork and Mindy turned it the other way. He turned the light on how ridiculous we are. Yes, that's
1: a great way of looking at it.
0: But, you know, there were people that watched it and they're like, huh, oh, he says Nanu Nanu. That's funny. That's like, <laughs> that's, that was part of it. You know, that's part of it. And so weird.
4: <laughs> he's a weirdo. It's the catchphrase curse. Just like Fonzie and might and Bazinga. Like you can have the cleverest, Dynamite! funniest script and people are going to yeah. gravitate to the most ridiculous yeah. catchphrase they can find.
1: And reduce yeah. you to it too. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or reduce your work to a catchphrase.
4: People that remember good times, who remembers what it's really about? All they remember is might. Yeah, unfortunately. And not about what the heavy undertones. Yeah.
0: I think the show is extremely well done. And honestly, I think it has been fairly better than dead city for a variety of different reasons oh interesting now we're comparing it well no i said it's <laughs> okay. like it's comparing apples and oranges but Ugh. just as a whole i do I, I do like it a lot more but it has received some of the weirdest criticism in my opinion like title yeah. the, to- the tropes the title sequence the fact that daryl is talking too much. He's not even talking that much. <laughs> I've never, I've never heard yeah, that. Yeah, some one. people were like, "Well, <laughs> this is really no out. Of, this is really out of character <laughs> for Daryl that he's interacting so much with other people." And it's like, not really. He was in an, well, a giant ensemble cast of like fifteen. Yeah. Do they not plus remember season one and two?
3: <laughs> right. yeah. And he's always been.
0: Oil. He's always kind he's of. He's always kind of been the butt of the joke because people have always underestimated him, and mm-hmm. I think. That that still Mm -hmm. runs true in this because for these people, he is just an American. And that carries Mm -hmm. a lot of connotations in its own right. And I'm not saying that Mm. some of them aren't true because some of them are. And there are Americans out there who are bullheaded and think that we're the best and yada, yada, yada. Do I think that we come from a great country? Yes, I do. I do. I'm not saying that we don't. come from a great country that offers freedoms. And that's why people want to come here. I think it's easy to chalk it up to be like, oh, this is stupid and blue. But like this is people underestimating Daryl like yet again.
1: Yeah. And so R.J. Gaines isn't just a a weird reflection of somebody continuing to try to come home like, oh, this is what I could be if I keep at it. He's also a foil for Daryl, too. We're not all like he's like a
0: caricature Uh. of what other countries can view Americans as. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's someone who's like that guy out there somewhere. This guy oh, is sure. straight up cuckoo bananas Yeah, for being alone. He needed a Wilson. Like this guy clearly yeah, had yeah, no yeah. Wilson. I Just heads up, mm-hmm. anybody, if you're ever alone, like get yourself a Wilson. I know that sounds nuts, but like that's what keeps you sane is talking mm-hmm. to something. Because he keeps saying, oh, la, la, which just, oh, la, la. Which like Ooh, la, la. it's so gross to me on so many levels because it's not right. <laughs> You're not saying the right phrase, sir.
4: That's what makes it perfect though to me, <laughs> by the way. The question is why is he there? Why is I he? I was in wondering France? that.
0: So he says that his family is Daryl in
4: France. He's been there, but this guy's been there since the beginning apparently. And he keeps saying I have a wife and kids to go home to. Well, why haven't you tried to go home? You stole, well, stole. You took all the supplies and you locked yourself in a castle. And yet you're saying that you've been trying to go you're mm-hmm. trying to go home. You have a wife and kids to go home to.
0: Part of me wondered if his if his mental break had to do with the fact that was his family on vacation? Did they die and he is left being like, like that never happened. No, they're in the US and I just have to get back. And if I get back, everything's okay. But I'm not going to try mm. because I, I know what actually happened to them.
4: I wondered if maybe he was one of the scientists that's involved and he had a heads up that shit was going to happen. And so he stocked up on the supplies and put himself in the castle before the shit, all shit broke loose because he couldn't get back home. And now he's like, you know, he's got some like kind mm. of guilt shit going on because. He's part of the problem if he created it. And so but he's had this hope this whole time that maybe it didn't spread to America. And now here's this American showing up and telling him that it did. So America's gone too.
1: Which is exactly the opposite of what we thought in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Meaning I had said that France got it later. Hence the 12 years since the fall sort of situation.
2: I actually thought maybe he was lying about the family at all. Yeah. Like I didn't even really believe that he had a wife and four children. That's possible. It was a sympathy story to try and save his own life. True. I thought something else.
1: What if he is the cause for the outbreak? What if he had found out that France hadn't fallen somehow? And maybe he was a scientist. Maybe he wasn't. But he went there just to check it out. And he's like, yeah, this is fine. And then when it actually does happen, now he wants to go back to his kids, but he can't. And so he's, he's living within his guilt.
2: So you're thinking he he did see what happened in America and then fled for France because yeah. to me it, without his wife and kids, let's say, <laughs> to me he did seem genuinely shocked, shocked by Daryl's yeah. comment. So I I I do believe that he wasn't aware of what was happening in America. That shock did seem genuine. I, well, I was just I led know, to believe I, that. I just that wasn't like buying the family story. Break.
1: Well, yeah, and you could even go as far as to say he left his wife and kids when they were very young. The kids, at least, when they were very young. And now he's thinking about them now that the apocalypse has happened. A lot of people think about the things that they could have done right before things happened. And maybe this is one of those things.
5: If it was about the whole, this is like the last of us because Laurent is immune, blah, blah, blah. Scientifically, many diseases do not pass through the placenta when a woman is pregnant. Mm -hmm. And if it does, the baby is basically going to share the same fate as the mom. And then Mm -hmm. where... In my opinion, where immunity would come in at is when you're breastfeeding, you have antibodies for whatever disease you have in your body that you're giving to the baby so the baby doesn't get sick with you. That's the only time, to me, immunity would kick in. And she clearly didn't have enough time to breastfeed anybody.
1: Mm-hmm. Nope. She died mid-childbirth. Yeah. But there are, some, yeah. there are many different types of diseases and also radiation. We learned this when we were covering Fear of the Walking Dead in both Seasons 5 and I think 7 where the only radiation that the placenta can't, or whatever the umbilical core, whatever the whole, I don't know, women systems, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but the only thing that it can't filter out is ionic radiation. And in that respect, it filters out the ionic radiation from the mother and it goes straight into the child, which is why Athena passed or was, mm-hmm. was destined to, to yeah. not survive. It went in reverse. Usually the mother gets afflicted, the baby's protected right. in those cases where that happens. But before Rachel goes, because I know you do have to leave, what we didn't do in the beginning and something that I wanted to do, but for some reason it slipped our mind as I was trying to focus on initial reactions. Tell everybody about the face of face of horror competition because you never <sighs> uh, pump yourself up before the, the you should. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes I do it and sometimes I remember, sometimes I don't.
2: So at the urging of our good friend, Brian Castrillo, he participated in this contest last year, and then he reached out to me and said, you should really do it. He's always been very supportive of of my makeups and always commenting and, and complimenting, which I appreciate. Love you, Brian. So he's we like, should state he's supportive yeah. of
0: everyone on this
2: podcast for a variety he really of reasons. Is. He is and such supportive a good yes, his recaps. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So at his urging, I did enter this contest. It's like a... S- series of voting things where you like the competitors get whittled down round by round by accumulating the most votes. You can vote for me and then hopefully I get onto the next round. I'm trying to win $13,000. Boom. And can definitely a, use. I could definitely use I'll that. Say it, if won't. I definitely could. I'm about to drop $5,000 tomorrow on a new transmission. Oh Ooh. God. <laughs> Ford, but also i could putt- i could win a photo shoot with kane hotter if you don't know who that is he played jason voorhees in the friday the 13th series he was in friday the 13th 7 8 9 and 10 and i got that information from my son
3: <laughs> who was <laughs> wow. a
2: huge jason fan. In fact, Kane Hodder is his favorite Jason. So, I'm really 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 trying to win this Maybe um, he should be in the for Silas. So I could I know right, right? And I'm like, if I do win, I really hope I can like somehow bring Silas with me cuz I think he would just absolutely pee his pants to be able to meet his favorite Jason. That's got to happen. So, <laughs> if you want to make this happen
1: for Rachel, you have to go out and vote. For her daily,
2: yeah, I have like several links on my Facebook page and in my Instagram bio, and you can vote every day. Yeah, too. you can vote one, every
1: day, one or two votes every day. And I'll say this much: if you have a credit card, it counts as two votes. If you use that as your authentication method, it'll give you give Rachel two votes per day, which yeah. is what I've been doing. Oh,
2: bitch! And they, I'm gonna get you to. Win. And they are raising money for the B plus Foundation. I'm gonna embarrass myself right now and tell you, I. I haven't looked a whole lot into it, you know, with all my free time I have be going positive, on. positive, maybe? Maybe. It might be. It, I mean, B plus, B mm-hmm. positive. So if you feel so inclined to donate to this foundation, that also counts as extra votes for me, well, too. that's good for me. I hope it's good for you, too. And Rachel did <laughs> yeah.
1: get past the first round of voting, so congratulations. Yes. And hopefully you'll get past many more. So it's uh, a word.
0: foundation Please. against childhood cancer. <laughs> Boom. Thank you.
1: It's like our thing for St.
2: Jude's all the time, every day. Yes, which is very, very close to my heart.
4: I am going to take my leave as well, y'all. I gotta go. I'm tired and I got shit to do.
0: Okay. Bye. Love you guys. Have fun. Bye. Thank you for making it. See you later. It's tough. Whistling is never a good sign in the show. (laughs) Oh my my God. Do you know what they were whistling?
1: That whistle, yeah. Oh, really?
5: Uh
0: Uh-uh. I didn't know what it was. What was it? I didn't know. They were
1: whistling Alouette,
0: oh. which
3: oh.
1: I thought it was because this is the same song that Isabel was saying to Lily as they were trying to push out long to, mm-hmm. again, a promise or a an affirmation that she was trying to say, you're going to get through this. You're going to have this baby. You're going to be OK. She's not going to be OK. This is another promise mm-hmm. that was broken. The only promise that was kept in all the promises that were made on this show, this is just the one thing that one nugget that's worth mentioning that I don't have any others left of is the only promise that was kept in this episode was the raising of Lowell. That's it. Going on the heels of what I said earlier, what we view sometimes as the apocalypse is the relinquishing of responsibilities. But my assumption that Isabel was the one to raise Lily after her parents must have passed doing uh, Doctors Without Borders, it went the exact opposite way. In a weird twist of irony, she was now meant to take care of another kid from scratch. If that is the case, that's a weird special kind of irony, or hell, or test from God, however you want to put it. But that was the only promise that was kept. Even Moof, the kid whose older brother, Julien, he says, he screams out to Lou, you lied to me! And, you know, they proceed to try to end his misery and stuff like that. But it's, it's shattering the illusions of what's meant to quiet children down in order to get through a hard situation, but then it ends up being the one thing that makes things worse.
5: Daryl did not have to tell her the truth at the end, but I was really glad that he did about the medicine wasn't going to save her to begin with. Yeah. And he just lied because he needed that horse.
1: Interestingly enough, I think this was after the encounter with RJ Gaines, seeing that version of himself mm-hmm. that could have, probably, maybe not, <laughs> we don't know what the hell his situation is, but it's a sign from God. Everything is meant to be where they're supposed to be. Everything happens for a reason, Bridget. Mm-hmm.
0: It does. It's
5: funny that I wrote this before you ever said anything, Bridget, about the other zombie having a baby in the movie because I wrote that this one hit me different than any other version that I've seen before. I don't know if it's the emotion behind it. I don't know if it's because it's The Walking Dead or I don't know if it's just because in this world zombies didn't exist. And so I feel like we start from scratch as far as I never compared it to anything else zombie-like, if that makes sense. And so seeing like a walker have a baby just kind of hit me a bit different than anything I saw before.
1: It sounds to me like you're way more invested too. You're you're already backloadedly invested in this universe to the point where sometimes it's hard to turn off the fact in your brain that it's not real. It's fictional. Even though I was getting emotional about all these children who are left behind, they're not, this isn't fiction.
5: (laughs) (laughs) When they returned back for some reason, it put me in the mind of two different times one when they returned from meridian and then one when daryl connie and henry returned to or showed up at the kingdom
1: <laughs> but That everything was going to be all right that moment where everything was okay right until eventually it wasn't oh i don't like that feeling yeah <laughs> you know because eventually it wasn't i did want to drop one more thing though when they are at the funeral let's say of madame dubois laurent is the first one to cite nanu nanu on the first watch, I didn't catch it. And on the second watch, I'm like, what a fucking clever kid. They took that thing that they normally probably take for granted, recite it like a prayer, watching it over and over again, not thinking anything of it. But Laurent, having seen this for the first time, said, oh, you know what? This is something special to them. And maybe even Madame Dubois. And maybe they learned something from this show. So I'm going to nanu nanu. It's very clever. Heartstrings. We should say one tiny thing about Alouette Alouette is a weird song about French traders in North America, Canada, US, etc. Here are the lyrics to the song translated in English. Lark, nice lark. Lark, I'll pluck you. Lark, nice lark. Lark, I'll pluck you. And the last line is, (laughs) I'll pluck your head. Sure. Do you want to know the origin of that? Of that is the lark is the first bird in the morning that sings. Mm. At least when they were in the US. It's basically their alarm clock. So, it was the first thing they want to kill uh, in the morning. It's like, fucking oh, thing. I just, I'm French. I don't want to wake up early for, for <laughs> trappers and stuff. Oh, well, I'm going to eat this bird out of spite.
0: What's it's even terrible, more unusual about this is this is a song that's not in America to children. Oh, because very I know this song. So, like, yeah. you know, when it started playing, it's like, I was singing with uh, it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, it's very yeah.
0: interesting because it's like, um, Frère Jacques, Mm. they're the two songs in French that I have learned as a child, which is just like weird.
1: There's a huge reason for that, though. During World War II, when the French and the U.S. were pairing Mm -hmm. up, a lot of the G.I.s came home learning Frère Jacques, particularly, and Alouette. So that's Mm. why people like even me know. We have some relatives that grew up in Lebanon, too, and Lebanon was taken over by Napoleon the French colonization of those countries. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of French influence in those countries. So we learned all those songs as well. This is interesting because I
0: was taught, I must have been taught them in school because I don't know that I would have been taught them. Otherwise, I mean, my dad's from England, so maybe he would have known them.
5: I want to go as far as preschool. Well, yeah, nursery rhymes
0: and songs are a pivotal teaching piece. And clearly that's why they stick with us is why you remember things like Alouette and Frère Jacques. Although I do not remember mm. the words to Frère Jacques. I just remember.
1: sonne <laughs> la matin, Ring the bells. <laughs> Ding dong. Dang. That's it. That's that song. My brother, Jack, are you still sleeping? Ring the bells. It's again, it's a song about waking, waking up. Waking up. Yeah. Fucking the lark, the, the horned <laughs> <It's> lark is <interesting. laughs> waking me up. The French do not like being woken oh,
0: me up. Me neither, dude. Me neither. <laughs>
1: That's how we see we bond. <laughs> maybe that's how it was. That's like, oh right, yeah. yeah we, we both, hate getting we up early. Get <laughs> yeah, we have we have also a revolution too. Damn the English! Fuck those oh. got married.
0: <laughs> uh, thinking over the first episode again. I'm starting to think now this is just like a wild haired theory. So, so don't think that this is my thought on this. It came into my brain the other day and I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. I'm starting to wonder if not Kublik, if her people. So what's the purpose of the boat? Like, that's what I was trying to think of. Like why you're talking
1: about Janae's purposes, purpose. with Yes. The boat?
0: Not Kublik. That's her name. And I thought, well, what if this does have something to do with the scientists who made this worse?
1: in the stinger to the yeah. walk and dead world what beyond? if this has
0: something to do with them like what if they're the walkers in the u.s are more base, like basic strain and so that's why they're trying basic to bees. pull them over <laughs> to be able to like, gather mm. like cultivate that data from before because if there's some sort of mutation or variation then maybe and then i was thinking have they then brought that variation over to the u.s and is that why the variants technically They showed up at the beginning, but that was really just Frank Darabont. But Mm -hmm. is that why they didn't show up until the end? Because this just happened in the last couple of years, because they've just had the boat for three years. I don't know. Or
1: maybe we're wonky too. By the way, maybe the variants are our attempt to slow or curtail or end the Walker Poppins. I don't know.
0: My whole thing is like, where are the fast, strong walkers? Because I want more of that because that was horrifying. Mm -hmm. Oh,
1: well, guess what? You might
0: get that in the next episode. Thank God. Finally, boom.
5: (laughs) If this is connected to CRM and it's after the events of World Beyond, I'm thinking that they're tired of getting their labs destroyed, and they decided if they can get what they need and run out onto the water where basically nobody is, then Mm. they can do what they need to do uninterrupted.
0: And then still, the lab was destroyed, so they're idiots. Right? Exactly.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, how about this? No, you're onto something because. If we're going to take what happens in The Stinger to the Walking Dead World Beyond seriously, and maybe the French scientists are, they're learning the lesson from that. Instead of something even going more horribly wrong in town, they can do it on a boat. So if anything goes wrong, everybody signed a waiver or whatever. Oh, interesting. And that that experiment ends at sea, let's say. Mm -hmm. Smart, actually, if you think about it of all the things of of mice and men often go right, man plans and God laughs sort of situations, Mm -hmm. that could still go wrong too. And enter Daryl Dixon. So there we go. Something did go wrong. Not horribly wrong, but and they made it there safely, but still. So, which is, again, another reason to not tear down Jeannette just yet. And whatever group she's part of now, interestingly enough, I'm glad you brought it up because I have had time to think about this because it wasn't in the last episode, but when I was doing the blog yesterday, I didn't notice the symbol in the top right of the left page was for Pouvoir des Vivants. It was the logo that goes along with Pouvoir des Vivant. So in the anatomy anatomy book, in the title sequence, with all the red ink and the Latin medical terminology, okay. et cetera, the logo is in the top right page, which got me to thinking we had attributed to Caudron as the leader of this group. But what if we were doing that just because he happened to be in the same area as this logo and we said, oh, that's him. He's the leader of that group. Mm. Isabel refers to him as the guerrier, which is like a gorilla. You know, he's, he's just a local guy that's doing his thing, like Negan and the Saviors. What if Pouvoir des Vivants is Genet's group? Just that's like the CRM likely. logo would be. That's yeah. yeah. And because of the medical books, they're actively studying how these things, how the virus sp- spreads faster if you recharge the heart. Case in point, you had said that Lily, oh, it would take her maybe a day or something to change. But what if she was in labor? Her blood pressure's rising and, of mm-hmm. course, the heart's beating faster. So she turns quicker. So there's... Oh,
0: well, that and... Yeah, that and I assumed that she just died mid-childbirth due to whatever Mm. complication was happening. I would have thought based on her symptoms prior to that, that it was ectopic, but she was way too far along for that to be true. Mm. So... Right, right, right.
1: It was in her lower abdomen too. Like some some babies are higher, some babies are lower. uh, Yeah, hers was was dropped. Yeah.
5: So
0: I was really trying to figure out what was going on there because the puking and stuff, that's usually a sign that there's some sort of like infection happening. That's yeah, what made, made me eclampsia. think of the gravidarum, the thing I was talking about earlier. Yeah, that's but it would have been really consistent. That. Like, that would have been, like, there's that's no way she would have been able to hide that from Isabel. Right. Because you are throwing true. up nonstop.
1: Okay, so that actually adds more logs to the fire of Isabel putting her life on hold, going into this life because her sister is sick and her parents are gone, too. And maybe that's why she would be mad at her sister. Because I didn't tell her about this baby for seven months. And she's had to go out and work to keep maintain the apartment and stuff.
0: No, I didn't think that was it at all. I felt like there was no sign. I'm not tied yeah, to this, th- There was the no sign that she had be. done a really great job of hiding it.
1: No, which means she might have thought she was sick the whole time. No, I
0: don't think so. Not like okay, that. Okay. Because I'm telling you, I've worked with people who've had this and it is like, oh, good luck not trying stop. to hide that you're pregnant because everybody's going to know yeah, right away. Yeah. Because I can hear you <laughs> throwing up. Every time you go to the bathroom,
5: I was promoted and didn't realize I was pregnant. It was after miscarriage number five and we were done trying to have babies and I was like really into my job, which is why I accepted the promotion and we didn't realize I was pregnant already. And I tried to hide it from my boss, except I spent six of my eight hour
0: shift in the bathroom.
3: Oh my (laughs) goodness. he knew immediately that I was pregnant. It's really bad.
0: Some women like can't work. At all through it. Oh, yeah, Someone that to took go like, off. Yeah, go off yeah. work. I've worked with a woman who worked through it, but she was on a lot of medications, like Zofran and stuff, to be able to try to keep food down.
1: Going back to the textbook, though, Codon might not be with uh, this Pouvoir des de Vivants group.
0: Oh, I don't think he's n- anywhere yeah. near as
1: important
5: as No, I, I
0: mean, he was just, yeah, right. she refers to him as a this gorilla. The first person we saw. And I remember yeah. thinking, like, interesting. So they're just like a group in the area, local guys. Mm hmm. But I did think like, okay, they're guerrilla. So then is there like, is there someone to be fighting against? That was against, also my right. other thought.
1: Exactly. And maybe that's the, that, that they're the group that they're fighting against. So we should bring up that he does appear in this episode. He mm-hmm. does see the map. He does get Daryl Dixon's recording. What's interesting that's on the map though, is that some of the key points like Cabon and Jupiter, they have little numbers underneath it. And these are representative, I think of radio frequencies. Mm-hmm.
0: That's what I figured. Isabel
1: mentions this in the first and second episode that there are certain locations with people with radios. Obviously, Daryl wants to get to one of those radios so that he can call home and eventually... Have well,
0: what their, I thought but, was interesting is she changed the plan last minute, and now mm-hmm. they're not going to Paris, so they're not even going to follow that route. God. So, well, it reminds me <laughs> of when the wise men came to visit so this is New Testament, Dave, so sorry. <laughs> this is no, I, New Testament. I'm, I'm all um, ears. I don't really know so stuff like After that. <laughs> after Jesus was born, the night that he was born, there were the wise men. And you don't know how many there are. It's often depicted as three of varying ethnicities, but you don't know. You don't know where they're from or anything like that. Just that they were right. from far away.
1: Which is why they probably picked three, because you could pick three different cultures. or
0: Based on the star that was bright in the sky on the night of jesus's birth it fell in line with prophecies in scripture and so they were like this is it we've got to go now the false depiction often is that they showed up on the night of jesus's birth not true the only men to show up on the night of jesus's birth were the shepherds that were in the fields nearby so the wise men show up it's assumed that jesus is probably two around this time by the time they finally get there so they've been traveling for two years because they left at the time that they saw the star and they followed it so this is the other thing that's interesting is did God guide them on this journey or was the star still there did the star move along with them to show like where Jesus was but anyway they follow the star on the way there they stop by King Herod and King Herod is like very interested in what they're doing because they're saying, like, we're going to see the one who's been prophesied. We're going to see the Messiah. And he's like, interesting. I don't like that because <laughs> I'm king right. and I want Makes ultimate sense. power. And I don't want to rival any other kings here.
1: Ties with Saint Laurent. Too, so, uh, yeah, Saint yeah, that's true. We should just call Laurent Larry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> when they get there, they tell the family about a King Herod. And then I think Joseph has a dream to go to Egypt. To get out because herod is coming for them and so they do leave and they go to egypt and they're there for many years to avoid king herod's wrath and so i just thought that was really interesting because it's that last minute divine intervention to say like nope not that you're not going to keep doing what you're doing go this different route and that is what they end up following and then as a result jesus lives because otherwise he would have been murdered as a child it's
1: a lot like a 40-year journey in the desert Mm -hmm. what most people don't know why the Jews spent forty years in the desert, and it was actually to remove a generation who had took part in the sin of the golden calf.
0: Well, yeah, it was punishment. They would not have wandered for that long had they listened. Every one of but them But because they went and yeah, and because it didn't
1: it's a very short didn't Aaron journey too? Like
0: Aaron was the one who gave them the gold. He like melted it down for them to make yeah. the calf.
1: And what's interesting about that is the idea of mob mentality. Mm-hmm. And we get from that the virtue of pikuach nefesh which means do what you need to do to save your skin because your life is precious mm. and sometimes you will have to do things this is a this is like a stark difference from the, the contrast of like some people who view it as martyrdom oh no i'm not i'm gonna die on this hill mm-hmm. a martyr and so we but we value the premise of actual and that's interesting because they wander through the for that specific amount of time to get to that specific leader mm-hmm. and to get here at the perfect moment where he's two and can travel not like a baby and make it through the desert to reach egypt too which it's not a long it's not a long trip but it's long but enough. at that point joshua
0: <laughs> becomes leader because moses was told you will never you which is will never thing. see
1: you need to wait the other side of yeah. this i'm sure there's things that we obviously miss but if you like what you heard head over rate this walking slash dead leave us five stars and an leave eggplant.
0: us five stars and a pample moose sure <laughs>
1: Oh, no, actually, it's a leave us five stars in an aubergine. Yeah,
0: and pamplemousse is grapefruit. It was just the only it was the only fruit or vegetable I knew. It's the only
1: the grapefruit. Yeah, pamplemousse or uh, there's no grapefruit emoji. Oh, you're weird, Bridget. Anyway, aubergine. In an aubergine, it's enough to tell us what, that you love us, but tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. Tell us what you think we might have missed. But remember to tell us. It's very important that you do every single time after every single episode. And if you really like what we've done here today for you, well, think about maybe following us on either Kofi or Patreon, because that's the best way and the only way to get our recording schedules, as well as knowledge on when we drop our unedited episode recordings. And if you really like what we're doing and you want to support our journey, you could tip us for 30 days of access to those unedited episode recordings, as well as join. Consider maybe it's a good thing. It's actually kind of cheaper than tipping us. Join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month on either ko-fi.com slash dead or patreon.com slash dead. You'll get instant access to our discord. And depending on the tier that you join, you may end up getting perks at the end of every episode. And if you're in the survivors tier, you could come on to these podcasts like Takira has, but we don't have any slots left. So maybe keep checking <laughs> and join these episode breakdowns with us. Well, I've been your host, David Cameo, and I was joined by Cosmom Zero and I Rachel Burt, Sharon A.K.A. Blazy Gardner, and Bridget, ko-fi.com slash Punky Brewster, that's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-A-S-E-T-E-R, as well as Survivors here, Remember member who we just said, that, or just, yeah, just Survivors here. It's the best one. This is the best. You can reach her at ko-fi.com slash Connie Dixon for life. That's Connie Dixon, the number four, L-Y-F-E. I hope you enjoyed this episode Breakdown. I can't wait for you to join us for the next one. And hopefully by then we'll have some cool stuff for you to take a look at in our merch store. And we will sing Alouette on the way out. Everybody, uh, no, don't do it. I urge you not to, because then I have to sink it and it's, not a, it's very bothersome. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye. Aubergine.
0: <laughs> aubergine.
1: <laughs> aubergine. Aubergin. Aubergin. I know, the color
0: is aubergine, though, in America. <laughs>
1: Thank you again for making it to another episode covering The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon. We're really pleased to have you here because we're curious to know what you think. That's where the ratings come in at ratethispodcast.com slash squawkydead where you can tell us what you think we might have missed or if listening to us helped you appreciate these episodes a little more. And as always, we'd like to thank both our Survivors and Whisperers your members for making these episodes possible. If you want to get your name shouted out at the end of every episode, well consider joining one of those tiers on either ko-fi.com slash squawking or patreon.com slash starting with the survivors to your members we've got at real GM on twitter at aliza jones 71 on instagram or at jonesag 6 on twitter fan art lindy you, you can reach at ko-fi.com fanartlindy and of course takira who is with us to break down this episode it's a perk that survivors to your members receive when they join you can reach her at ko-fi.com connie dixon the number for L Y F E and on to our Whispers tier members we have at Judith.morton on Instagram Aiden Atkin who you can reach at ko-fi.com slash Aiden Atkin at Tyler Phillip Cox on both Instagram and Twitter at sandy.d.morson on Facebook and Lois at lois.morton.54 on Facebook. I cannot wait for the third episode of the series. I am thinking, if you've listened this far that you can't wait for it either. Remember Though, in the meantime, that we are squawking dead.